My good friend Holman, this is going to be one of my favorite episodes of the Truck Show Podcast. You mean this one or the one we had last week with the Four-Wheeler Adventure Expo? I like that one, but I'm looking forward because uh, I'm that kind of a guy. Okay. How about the one before that one when I look backwards at the uh, Nissan bonus episode? We snuck in right in the middle between those two. That was good. No, that, you like that? That was good. I did like that. I learned a lot. It was fun actually doing yeah. an interview from the inside of a cab of a Nissan Titan, a 2020 Nissan Titan. How about the one before that where we interviewed Mike Finnegan about his six-door that Fun was great. Truck. How far are you going to go back in time? All the way back to episode one? Before that, Brian Loans. <laughs> yeah. I'm just pointing out that we've been killing it lately. I think uh, these episodes have been good. I think uh, March has been a good month for us. Numbers are up. You guys are downloading the show, and we really appreciate it. I'm excited about this show. Here's why. Okay. The first guest is Casey Curry. Casey Curry is the first and only American to win the Dakar Rally. That's pretty solid. I, I would say so. By the way, I've never been the first American at anything. <laughs> uh, neither me. No? Neither you? No. Uh-uh. Hmm. Now that I think about it, that's depressing. <laughs> it's depressing. <laughs> Man, wow. we have so many. Maybe that's what makes our show great, is we have people that are so much better than us. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. <gasps> I have a surprise for you. You do? I do have a surprise. All right, I'm waiting for it. Well, I'm going to do it after the intro. But first, okay. we have to thank Nissan because yes, Nissan was so awesome. They lined up two episodes ago. They gave us all those great interviews. Yep. They lined up my new favorite dude at Nissan, Tiago Castro. Yep. What's his title? I can never keep it straight. Uh, director of Nissan Trucks. I guess he's uh, director of all the body and frame stuff. Yes. Yeah. He's the guy that sounds Austrian, but he's really Brazilian yes. and he's way smarter than we are. Yes. That guy. Yeah. And they also gave us- um, David Rose. David Rose. Oh, Chef David Rose. Yes. Are we going to eat with him at some point? Uh, one, I will, 100%. No, if, can I eat with yeah, him? I will invite you over. Can I have a house. stogie with Yes, him. he owes me a cigar. Okay, two. One uh, for okay, me, too. Okay, deal. Okay, and then I think you and I would both trade lives, or just at least for a couple days, yeah. with Matt, Maddie Brenneman. Uh, that's probably because she is uh, living her best self, has an awesome dog, yeah. has an awesome truck, and is probably out fly fishing right now. So great. All of her the, pictures on Instagram just made me like, I want to be there. But I'm also sort of torn because, uh, you know, Brian Murphy- also has my my, uh, my heartstrings. Because he has a one million mile frontier and Nissan just gave him another one? Another thing I've never done. Yeah. Drive a single vehicle to a million miles. I think I'd, I'd love to if I had the kind of free time. The guy had his clutch survived to like 700,000 miles. He's yeah. like, that's hero status in my book. It's ridiculous. Well, listen, that all goes to show that Nissan makes a rad truck, okay? You don't need the five-year 100,000 miles. That's a waste. I don't even know why they give it to you. You're never going to use it. So if you're looking for a brand new 2020 Titan or Frontier, go to NissanUSA.com or just waltz down, you don't have to waltz, you can jog or run or drive, down to your local Nissan dealer because you will be impressed by everything including the Fender audio system and the zero gravity seats. Five year, 100,000 mile warranty? Well, we already talked about that. The Pro 4X new. package? Yes, that. The soft leather seats? <gasps> the lava red badges on the Pro 4X, the yes. The platinum reserve trim? All that stuff. All the value at, the, uh, at any price point? Yes. And you guys should also look into a decked system for the back of your truck or your van. What would a deck system do for us, Lightning? Well, if we were a fly fishing guides, uh -huh. we would put all of our, whatever they have, supplies <laughs> in one of the beautifully smooth rolling uh, drawers. Rods? Yes, rods. <laughs> right, exactly. Fishing equipment? Yes, fishing equipment. <laughs> what happens exactly. if you have 2,000 pounds of stuff? I would have a lot of lures. 2,000 pounds of them? Yeah. Two, well, remember that one time you said, I'm going to put marbles in the back? Like, and I'm like, <laughs> why, why not? don't you put all those marbles in there? Sand? I would put all my lures in there. Sand. Sandwiches? <laughs> Sandwiches. 2,000 pounds of sandwiches? <laughs> Deck.com. Are you feeding the homeless? Deck. What are you doing? Absolutely. Okay, good. And the bears. All right, yeah, go to Deck.com. And then if you happen to have a check engine light, which are always freaking annoying, and you don't ever know what, you might have a guess, but you can't pinpoint it, right? 
and you have to go down to your local dealer and have them scan it. Don't do any of that stuff. Go to Innova.com, I-N-N-O-V-A. That's Innova.com from me. Simple $100 dongle all the way up to a professional-grade scan tool. Plug it in your OBD port. You call up the code, it tells you what the code means, and then it gives you a whole host of solutions based on what other users, how they've solved the problem. A whole library of solutions. That. A whole library of solutions. What he said. The Repair Solutions 2 app. So head on over to Innova.com, I-N-N-O-V-A.com. Innova tools available at all large automotive retailers. It's like having your own personal automotive technician in your toolbox. Oh, that's good. All right, Holman. I got a surprise for you. But first, I got to start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Okay, so uh, we got we have a couple more minutes before we have to call Casey Curry. All right. All right. Do you have anything planned for those couple minutes? Or I will do. it be nope. completely dead air? Uh, that would be funny. <laughs> we're waiting. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Hold on. Hold All right. On. Bear with me. Yep. He's standing up. I'm I don't know why. Up. It makes me yep. nervous when he stands All up. All right, I'm going to walk over Pulling. here. Oh, he's going across the room to his back. Up. My, my backpack. Yes. And I opened up the wrong uh, yeah, part. Yeah, that pocket's empty. Hold on. How many pockets do you have? I have quite a few. And Hold he's on. pulling something. He's, pulling he's hiding out. it from me. It. His I'm... back is to me as he walks back to his chair. Mm-hmm. I can't see what it is. It looks like I he's... spun around. What? It was. A, it's a piece of paper. Are you? Did you put it down your pants? No, What's going on? I'm not sure what's happening there. Close your eyes. Just, I don't. Just close your eyes. That makes me nervous. I'm not gonna do the. the all right. Whole, all right. I'm not gonna offend eyes anyone. Eyes closed. With this. All right. I'm gonna put something on your the keyboard. Not yet. Don't open mm-hmm. your eyes. I'm gonna put something on the keyboard. Is it a fish? Of your of your uh, computer here. Okay. Now I want you to open your eyes and look down. Oh snap! Hey, wait, wait. That's a surprise for you, not a surprise for no, me. It's for the show. So what we have here is. Uh, Looks like a registration card for mm-hmm. a certain uh, 1966 Chevy pickup truck. Yep. And, uh, oh, look, registered owner, Tillis J., Long Beach, California. Congratulations. Now um, our people can't call you no truck anymore. <laughs> no truck. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh. I hope you do great things with it. By the way, Unladen uh, says your uh, weight forty two thirty five. Hmm. Interesting. It is a eight lug. I think it's uh, actually less than that because uh, the, oh, the rust, rust has fallen off. Yeah. I also find this interesting that uh, it says the PR expiration date was nine thirty twenty eighteen. I believe that's previous registration mm-hmm. expiration date. Yeah. I see you paid uh, two hundred forty dollars to bring it up to speed, which was isn't it, that much, by it the was, way. It was a little more than that because we had to do some finagling. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend that uh, is an expert in uh, DMV uh, in, issues in, in registering hard to register vehicles. And you're good now. Do you yeah. have the wait? Do you have the title? Did you notice what type of vehicle that's classified as? Yeah, it's commercial. All pickups yeah. are in California. No, every single one of them. Are you sure about yeah, that? Hundred percent. Huh? Yep. Unless you do a personalized plate, and then you have to choose. Uh, do you have the title? Uh, no. 
<laughs> but I have registration. All right, on that note, let's call Casey Perry. <laughs> Holman, I got to be honest. I, I thought you would be a lot more happy for me. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay, is that it? Yep, that's where I'm at until I see the pink. All right. I'll bring it in as soon as I get it. That's uh, all I'm going to think. Well, this was enough to let my wife let me drive it and work on it. Well, that's good. So this is uh, it's some type it's, of it's legal paperwork. Yeah, yeah it is good. a start. Okay. Dial and smile. Hello. Mr. Casey Curry, Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How What's you doing? up? I'm good, man. How are you? Fantastic. We have a quick intro. Don't move. Here we go. Famous hero, star, VIP, ace, big wig, hot shot, truck famous, big shot, big deal, big gun, big cheese, heavyweight, superstar, truck famous. That's what you are. So you're yeah. truck famous, Mr. Curry. What's going on, guys? What's <laughs> happening? So uh, Casey Curry, the first American to win the Dakar Rally, which is pretty awesome, dude. An adventure, that is for sure. By the way, you did it in a side-by-side because you're an absolute crazy man. 6,500 miles in 12 days with no windshield. Super fun. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> now wait a minute. I didn't know that Dude, part. I had that's no windshield? Like, that's like driving from L.A. to New York City and back over like yeah. boulders and dirt yeah. and rocks and everything else. It's crazy. The uh, Yeah, the, the wild part is what they don't really show on TV is that we have these things called liaisons, which are basically a ti- it's still timed and you can still be penalized. And uh, yeah, you do. I mean, we're basically averaging two to 300 miles uh, racing, but not on time, meaning you can still get penalized. Uh, but yeah, you, I mean, that's where the miles start adding up that people don't know about uh, off TV. So what's so let's explain this. Is the car is a lot different? It's more of a European style where you have stages as compared to Baja, where it might be you know a thousand kilometers straight through. So maybe explain the difference so people who've never heard of Dakar or don't understand the differences can kind of get up to speed. And I don't even know, Casey, how do you even apply for it or get into it? Are you invited? How would, how does an American end up at that race? So for myself, uh, first Dakar, 12-day rally. Um, basically, it, this year was in Saudi Arabia, first time in Saudi Arabia. It's technically chapter three of Dakar. Um, last year was my first year. I raced down in Peru. Uh, but it's 12 day stage rally. So every day um, you'll do like uh, roughly 500 miles a day through that. Uh, you'll race between two and 350 miles uh, timed, meaning so you'll start the morning in a bivouac. Uh, you'll get your card, which basically has all your information on it, your road book. Um, from and, and there, we'll, keep in mind, there's a road book because there's no GPS. Yes. Absolutely. No you, we have GPS? No, none. What now, are you now? Wait a minute. They give you a Thomas guide, right? Yeah, exactly. A Thomas guide. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> but, Literally. So you start in the morning, uh, and let's say if you're going to race from the bivouac, you'll race 300 miles from the bivouac, and then you'll get done, and then do your interviews. Everything looks great on TV, and then while you, now what you don't see is there's a 200 mile section. It's either road, uh, graded dirt road, or just through the desert uh, to the next bivouac. So every day for 12 days, you do get one rest day. Uh, which would be the 13th day, but there's 12 days of racing. Uh, And where that comes into where the unique thing is, is yes, once you take the green flag, you know nothing. You have no idea where you're going. You have no GPS. You literally have a cap heading. Uh, you, you You have your speed, and then you've got your distance. And you basically have to get yourself all the way to the next finish line without any GPS. And if you get lost... There is no turning on the GPS or calling for assistance. You are not allowed any radio communication, no cell phone, no sat phone, 
at all. If you get caught with it, you're disqualified and out of the race. Dude. That is bonkers. First off, what the hell is a bibouac or whatever you said it was? <laughs> yeah, dude, the terminal. So bibouac is basically home base. So every single night, a bibouac is a gated off area, meaning no one's allowed in unless they sign the waiver, have, you know, paid the entry fee and are part of a race team. Uh, so in the bivouac is all the race to uh, all the race teams. Uh, they have dinner for us. They have uh, medics. They have all the media. Uh, I mean, it's a humongous operation that goes on. But once you're in the bivouac, everything you need is in there. So we have our like for us as the bigger teams, uh, our motorhomes and our teams were there. Uh, but then we eat breakfast, lunch. There's breakfast, lunch and dinner available in there. Uh, you have medical, so if you have any, if you don't feel good, you can go to medical. Uh, all the media, if you want, if you have a prom and you feel that you need to go talk to the officials, there's complete officials uh, station set up. Everything is like ten times bigger than what you could ever imagine in the United States. So it's like, dude, it's a town of like ten thousand people running from. And remember, every day it changes location. So there's two bivouacs. So it's like Hammertown, but moving every day. Every single day, I, how I. It, Literally, it, imagine Hammertown, the same size, chain link fences, the big tents, all everything in Hammertown, and take that, and now imagine going 500 miles apart and having that set up every single day. It sounds like, to me, you were quarantined for the coronavirus or something, you know? Oh, dude, <laughs> at this point, that's exactly what it feels like. I mean, <laughs> you, you are by yourself. And, you know, yeah, like you're, you're not, you don't really go into town. Like I spent out of all the nights uh, on the rest day was the one night I slept in a hotel room. It, it's pretty wild. The the whole experience as far as like, yeah, you're out in the desert. If it, at night it was in the, the crazy thing at night was in the twenties and 30 degrees. Dang. Uh, and in the morning, no window, you're talking 30 to 40 degrees. And then by the time you're racing, it's up from 50s to 80s. So are you racing at night ever or is it always during the day? Well, I mean, here's the deal. I won this year. So let's just say I didn't have to race at, at night. Nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A perk of uh, being ahead. They said uh, three. Yeah. I think 342 vehicles started this year and only 234 made it to the finish line. So their whole thing is the Dakar deal is they are all about making it the toughest race. So like, and who it's and who's hard. the they by the way? The you know the FIA the basically the French organization the the, the sanctioning FIA, body I see yes uh I mean they are all about making it tough the, it's so it's hard from day one to to day twelve there is no like oh man this day is going to be so much fun we're going to enjoy it it's going to be easy navigation and fun roads they don't ever do that it is like the craziest rocky terrain you've ever seen sand washes that no one's ever been in so it's razor blade sharp rocks for 200 miles there's sand dunes that are bigger than anything we have in the united states everything sand dune wise uh, i would say glamis is cute like <laughs> no way are you wait a minute hold on if i'm standing at uh, like uh china wall or or oldsmobile that nothing by comparison? Nothing. Oh, nothing. Nothing. There would be there nothing. There I couldn't even I mean And you this that, is I'm talking to a guy who spent a lot of time at Glamis, right? Oh, I I love Glamis. The funny thing is about like when everyone's like to me, I feel that I'm I'm very fast in the sand dunes. Uh one of my strengths is in the sand dunes. And everyone's like, Oh, how is that? It's like, well, I didn't grow up with side by sides and I didn't grow up with sand rails. I grew up with Jeeps with four cylinder and six cylinder motors on thirty seven inch tires that are super tippy, but that's where I learned how to drive in the sand. So if you take 
learning if you you guys know you drive a jeep in the sand and you get on the side hill and it's sketchy oh sketchy for sure so for myself that's what we grew up driving obviously with my you know family being in the jeep industry like that's what we grew up so you take that that experience for 10 years from you know for myself 13 14 years old up until you know now i've been driving jeeps so man like all that experience when you get into the gnarly big dunes where you really have to be cautious of the other the other side of the dune and and the way the sand the sand dune shapes like i feel that uh, driving jeeps in the dunes really helped me uh become a powerhouse in the sand dunes you got a co-driver is he crapping his pants as you're cresting every dune or because or is he looking down at the map going left right so it's not left and right. The co-driver, I on to me is sixty percent of the success. Um, having a a good co-driver, and it's not just good. Like he, it's not about having somebody that's just an excellent guy that can get in any car and be excellent. A co-driver is having that best friend, the somebody that's always keeping calm. I have a high strung personality wide open in my mind i'm very passionate if i if i'm getting passed i'm frustrated if i'm you know i have the highs and lows just that's my personality and having a co-driver that can literally stay calm in all situations is very important and on top of that now he's got to read cap headings uh, if I make a shortcut, he's got to learn to, you know, take our distance and, and take uh, distance away or add distance. And, on t- you know, basically he's doing everything to make it so I'm not getting lost. Dude, he's doing like lot. complex math equations while Casey's going over razor blade sharp rocks. So he's got to have ice oh. water in his veins yeah. just being like. Well, he's got to be like the, the doctor with the best bedside manner. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is you look at it, you go. For example, you go, okay, easy is like, okay, go to Glamis. You're at the store at Glamis, and you're like, all right, I'm going to go to Oldsmobile Hill through the sand dunes. And if you take it and measure the cap heading out, it's going to read out at cap 220 degrees. Okay, so you're going to, if you stay on cap 220 degrees, you're going to go straight there, no problem. Well, you leave the store, and now you, you can't go because the dunes are super short and peaky. So you're going to go you know, 300 and then you're from 300, you got to go now 60 degrees less than that to keep on the same path. Now you get halfway there and you're trying to stay on the same cap heading, but now you've traveled what a half mile further than you're supposed to. So now you got to subtract the co-driver subtracting the distance out and trying to keep you on a straight line because there's no tracks. You're in the sand dunes and there's no GPS telling you to stay on a straight line. That's crazy. So then, um, Casey, how do you compare this to King of the Hammers? Because here in Southern California, I guess the kind of the, the Western states, that has become, in the last couple of years, the hardest race in the land. Terrain-wise, being in the vehicle we're in, there's nothing harder, I would say, than being at the King of the Hammers. Those rocks, they move. It's very difficult for the four or five hours that you're in the vehicle. Then the This is where how I look at it. No matter what happens at the Hammers, in four, in less for me, in two hours, I'm going home. Uh, if I don't like it and I had a bad day, I'm going home. Uh, if I won, I had a great day and I'm done no matter what. When you're racing in Saudi Arabia, it's a it's an 18-hour flight if you're at the international airport, which there's only three. So now you're basically 20 hours of driving just to get to an airport. Uh, you be, you so if you have a bad day, you got to wake up the next day and do it all over again. But terrain-wise, I mean, in the desert sections. 
Uh, it's similar. Like it's rough out there. there. We're going through a lot of nasty areas and we're straight lining it. So there could be an old road that they had us on. But look, if they're saying stay on a cap heading instead of staying on the road, you're driving through bushes, you're driving through the rocks. I mean, we get into areas that I don't even know how a two-wheel drive vehicle could ever make it. I mean, it is some nasty, nasty rock trails. And it's it's wild what we do uh, in, in the car. It, it's incredible what our Can-Ams are even capable of doing for that many days in a row. How worried are you about, and I don't know, I guess I don't know what the spacing is in Dakar, about somebody following you and hoping that you guys have it right and, and chilling out for a little bit just to, I don't want to say cheat, but take the advantage of knowing you're the leader and just riding your coattails. Are you asking if there's another dude drafting him? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it depends on where you're at. Now, this is where strategy comes into play. And it, I mean, it's a massive. This is where you of, drop the bananas and the oil out the back and uh, make <laughs> well, them spin out. Yeah. You got the James Bond so, machine gun. Mar- out the back. Mario Kart style. <laughs> so, we, you know, and like, well, for example, like, okay, you're in the, you're in the desert and it's dusty. You follow too closely and now you get into a situation where you're going fast and now it dusts over and here's two razor blade sharp rocks that we don't have notes. So you're driving in the dust. We don't know there's a gotcha. There's a, you know, a cliff, a, a rock shell wall. A you don't race know ending so, event, as they call it. A hundred percent. Every 200 meters, there's a race ending event. So you jeopardize trying to chase a guy in the dust or following the dust. You're jeopardizing your race every 200 meters. Now you get into the sand dunes. It's totally the opposite. You get in the sand dunes, you follow 200 meters behind a guy and you're barely using your brakes you know that you know what's going to on the other side it's going to be a drop off or it's going to be a rolled sand dune you know that if you can go straight off or you need to go off it sideways so now you're you're basically pushing your vehicle 50 percent as hard as the guy in the front so now you're saving your car you're doing less work as a navigator and you're basically making it where if he has a good pace you can have a great day that way without having to you know sacrifice going over a sand dune and, and crashing on the other side. Okay, so Casey, why a side-by-side and why not another vehicle? Because they do, don't they do like Range Rovers and Jeeps and motorcycles and everything? Why so, Why is your choice and, a can And is there, is it bring, is there classes or is it bring whatever you brought and that's what you're racing so, Oh man, so here's where it gets complex. So basically for myself, uh, I've been racing with Can-Am for a couple of years. Was watching the car three years ago, ended up writing one of the teams on Instagram, like, hey, I'm interested in going racing. And they wrote me back and we worked out a deal. And uh, that's how the deal started with Can-Am, me racing a Can-Am over there. Um, once the deal started, obviously, I'm a humongous fan of the Can-Am. If you've ever driven one, I don't care if it's modified stock, whatever you do, they're they're fast. Are you, you driving an X3? X3, okay. Can-Am, Maverick X3, and I mean, they are fast. It's a, we, in the car, we're running a 2020 model year. Uh, the, the hard part is that now we're massively restricted. Last year, we ended up beating most of the big Toyotas and Minis and Fords, uh, so they put a restrictor on us to slow us down this year. Um, well, what, which, do they, what do you mean so, by restrictor? A physical restrictor? Oh, actual restrictor the, inside the intake. Air restrictor, I mean, it is yeah. tiny. Air restrictor, oh, yeah. Wow. So, okay. Oh, it. I mean, it took a ton of power away from our motor. I mean, it almost feels like we they just took our turbo away. Huh. So, wow, that's not it, fun. No, that's not yeah, fun. <laughs> well, so, yeah. you know, everyone talks about uh, belt snapping and the, the, the drive belts overheating. How, uh, how do those exist out in those conditions? Uh, I lost one belt 
in 12 days and the day I lost the belt was in the sand and I was pushing crazy hard. Uh, and technically the belt was like, was burnt and smoked and I decided not to change it. So I would say that even on that one, like it was fixable before it broke, but, uh, dude, we only had one belt. Uh, it's all about, uh, basically we have a, I have a gauge in the car that reads only belt temperature, nothing else. Uh, it's up where in my sight. So when I'm driving hard, I can actually analyze belt temperatures all the time so i know when to push and when not to push and i know when to back it down when things are getting too hot and then i also know you know we have a limit where basically like all right if it hits this degree or hotter the next chance we get to stop we're going to change a belt how how fast can you change a belt so i can we can do a belt so a belt a shredded belt takes uh seven to nine minutes and a belt that is not shredded is two minutes. Damn, so are you going to open up shop uh, at Glamis uh, over the holiday here? <laughs> right. He's got, he's, got like crazy, a, he's got like a NASCAR team. <laughs> crazy Casey's oh. belt service. <laughs> the, the crazy thing that I will give my co-driver 100% credit for that we worked together on is where I truly think we won the race was everybody loses axles. It just happens. You're driving hard, a CV breaks, you know, a star breaks, whatever happens. Uh, everybody broke one. And mo on average, on average, it's a 45-minute change to replace a rear axle. Uh, my co-driver and I, we had everything lined up. We, From the time the car stopped to the time the car started on GoPro was eight minutes. Dude. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty amazing. So we, dude, I, like, obviously, we have the car set up for everything to be quick. And uh, we had every tool ready to go. And it took eight minutes from the you know, we wasted eight minutes of the day. If that would have been a 45-minute belt change or axle change like everybody else, we would have finished second overall. What is it about Dakar? Why this race? Of all the races around the world, why did you? Why were you obsessed with this one? Why did you write them and say, hey, can I, can I play in your sandbox? You know, so for myself, like, I'm all about the ultimate challenge. Everything in life is all about the ultimate challenge. I've, the only race, honestly, right now that I have not won is King of the Hammers. I've won King of Portugal. Uh, but my whole thing is like, I love that feeling of like the, the ultimate challenge. How far can I push myself? I love the challenges that go with it. And, uh, man, when I, when I looked at the car, I was like, man, no Americans ever want it. I feel that it's a gnarly challenge and I love watching it on TV. I love everything about it. I'm like, I think I, and for, for me, what I love about it is without all the pre-running right in Baja, we get it. The more money you have, the more time you can spend in Baja, the better pre-runner you can have and you can go burn it down to the point where when the race starts oh i've already driven it three thousand miles and it's only a 200 mile race in dakar you don't get any of that now it's like i don't care how much money you have if we are in equal cars we're going to go see the same terrain for this you know at the same time without ever knowing what's there so now it's all well how soon are you going to lift are you going to drive faster than somebody else and I love that. I love the fact that, like, no one has an advantage as far as, like, well, I spent more time or money pre-running. Yeah, because a lot of people, well, for Baja, for instance, use that as an example, you'll go down a pre-run, and people will start doing what, you know, a lot of us who've raced down there, you might have a danger or a double danger. Maybe that's a yep. one skull or two skull you put on the GPS for, you know, one hertz and one's a day-ender. And you map all that stuff out. So when you're co-driving, you're telling the driver, hey, watch out, slow down. You got a danger. You got a double danger. And you have a pretty good idea of what's coming up. I just can't even imagine, especially leading the pack, you're in virgin terrain and you literally have no idea where you are. It's almost like if you're on the amazing race and somebody plopped you in the middle of there, 
how you wouldn't even know where to go to get home or which way to even start going. To me, it's That's like, how remote you are. To me, it's like learning how to fly a plane, and the instructor says, "Let's go through a cloud." <laughs> and you have yeah. no idea which direction you're in. You could be going up, down, towards the earth, sideways. Well, trust your gauges. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of curious about uh, talking about the X3. What were some of the mods that you did to it in order to, to make it survive? Was it mostly stock? Did you change out the suspension? What are some of the things that, that you did that you would, and even how many of those would you recommend to the average guy who's pushing the limits of their side-by-side? Side-by-side so talk the, here on the Truck Show Podcast. Hey, I'm, it's all right? interesting. Yeah. Shock technology. It all well, matters. Here, here's the thing. Tires. Well, here's the thing. You can't own a side-by-side without a truck to get it Exactly. Road, right? Exactly. Okay. So, so we're good. We're good. You know, the crazy thing about the, the K&M that we raced into car is uh, we run so it's all stock suspension geometry uh we run the stock motor stock turbo uh with the restrictor inside the intake we run the stock transmission and the stock front diff we run stock uprights and we run stock axles all we do is uh, take the grease out and put new grease in there Uh, we run stock links uh stock steering uh the what we do change is the chassis FIA is gnarly. The chassis, the homologation in the chassis is freaking crazy. The chassis is all stock pivot points, but there's a lot of roll cage added to it. Every car that races the car has to get stress test, meaning you take it to a place and they load all the corners and make sure that it's all safe. Uh, so the, the chassis itself is basically, pivot points are all stock, but as far as the tube placement it's it's pretty Dude, wild what we fia they're no joke so i've been racing desert racing in trucks that had an fia cage in it and fia goes beyond anything that you're going to have sanctioned from score mm-hmm. or oh, best in the desert and a lot of times in those trucks you'll have to have the x cross um you know cross tubes and things like that way way stronger well, do they do uh like ultrasonic testing for cracks and welds Ab- and stuff absolutely so you basically to be there racing on a bigger scale you actually have to drop you have to deliver the fia a chassis that they keep on hand at all times what? Dude. So they, oh absolutely so they have a chassis at all times they can actually go and second guess stress cracks failures if if they're looking at cars that have problems they can actually analyze it to see if it's uh, something that's worth making the manufacturer or the team change. So, so it, did you guys build wow. the car, or did you, or so, is that something that no, uh, Can Am did for you? So South Racing out of uh, Portugal uh, built the car. So that the car came from Portugal. Got it. Okay. So uh, yeah, so the car basically was built there. Um, another thing, we have to have a firewall all the way to the roof of the car behind her head. But uh, yeah, so around that, honestly, the car, the drivetrain is all stock. It'll blow, it, it, it literally is stock. I, I can't, I'm not even. I'm kind of surprised you didn't uh, put an intercooler in it. Comes with an intercooler stock. Right. It comes, I mean, it, and it you're already restricted, one. so you're not going to oh, take yeah, the, event, the advantage of right. it, right? Okay. I mean, so yeah, you're, and that's the hard part. You're not, yeah, we're so limited that even the radiator, and that's where the belt comes in play. Technically, the motor's so limited that you're not you're not zinging it out as much as that you are a race Can-Am here in the United States. So belt temperatures aren't as big of a problem. But I mean, yeah, like we run stock belts. I run the stock clutch. We just all we do is some tuning on the spring. But as far as the, all the clutching goes, it's all stock. Uh, we run stock ECU uh, with some programming and mapping to basically adjust for the the you know the restrictor. Uh, we, but this way we run an aim dash. But the aim dash pro, uh, it's one of the aim dashes that plugs into the stock wiring. Yeah, so it's so, uh, so it's way, can bus right. So it's, t- it's picking yep. up from all the uh, factory sensors and all the factory wiring harness to give you a race dash. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and for myself, like obviously we get support from Factory Can-Am and uh, dude, Can-Am has some amazing engineers. So when I feel I have problems or I'm frustrated or I want to change things um, on performance levels, uh, by doing all that, it, it allows the, the Can-Am um, engineers to get involved and they know, they're so educated on their, you know, on their computer system that when it comes into questions, it's not like I'm having to ask them how to use some Wazoo uh, program. It's something they're very good at. So when it comes to ch- tuning and adjusting, it, it's a slam dunk. So when you came across the finish line, how far ahead were you? Uh, I was... 48 minutes, I think. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's pretty a, that's significant. That's a lot. Oh, but, well, dude, one screw-up. Yeah, and you're done. One screw-up. I mean, okay, they right, pass let's you. The, it, it sounds like a lot, right? Like it, that's somebody's lunch break. But it's been but, going for days. I know. So it's really not yeah. that much. Yeah, when you look at it, like, for me, it's nothing. One one rough axle change is 45 minutes. And by the Crazy. way, the, the Maverick X3, for people who aren't familiar with side-by-sides, I believe that's the three-cylinder, 900cc Rotax engine that's in there, and... They're rated anywhere between 120 and 196 horsepower uh, from Can-Am here in the States. So in case uh, somebody was wondering what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, the new one's actually over 200 horsepower. So <laughs> Dude, that's uh, that's crazy. It, it's wild. They, they, I mean, I, I don't, I'm like one of those people that this isn't something that you're like, hey, you should buy just because I race it. It's like, here's the deal. If they're ever doing a demo anywhere, King of the Hammers, Glamis, I don't care who you are or what you drive. Just go drive one. That it, it'll sell itself. They they truly are an amazing machine. Well, it speaks volumes that you just won Dakar in a <laughs> stock one. Yeah, right. You know, and it and it also yeah. speaks volumes on two fronts. One, the quality of the of the of the Maverick, and the other one is just driving skill. Because a lot of guys will always say like, "Oh, well, you had a better car, you had a better motorcycle, whatever." I have seen, so I had a, a good friend of mine, James, who used to do road racing, like super bikes, and he would never be on the fastest bike, but he would continuously lap guys. He was just a Smooth. better rider. Yeah. And I've seen him, uh, dude, I was in a little Lotus, I forgot what, not a, a Lotus Elise. Elise, yeah. And we were lapping guys in twin turbo Porsches. He was just a better driver. And this car was gutless gutless out at willow springs yeah. and they would leave us in the in the back straight but you catch them in the corners oh my god just walk yeah. around them and they'd be looking out their their, their passenger windows were passing i used like, to do yeah. uh <laughs> like nasa race days at button willow and i had a 2000 civic si and uh i would race and it was the 1.8 t volkswagen jettas would smoke me on the straights and i would catch them in the corners because the car was super neutral and i had integra type r springs on you it gotta be a good driver yeah you gotta be a good driver yeah are there any close calls that come to mind because obviously you probably look back at Dakar and you kind of have a picture book in your memory of like certain things. Are any of those like the OS moments where you're kind of like, whoa, okay, well, I'm good. Did it either happen, Casey, on a sand dune or I saw some of the photos of you going over those rocks that look like you're on Mars? <laughs> like uh, like a Mars dude, rover? First, the scenery over there is unbelievable. Um, if you have time it, to enjoy it. Uh, it's well, yeah. You, I never, you never really get a chance to look up. But they actually, they actually warned us on days where we're like, "Hey, you need to take a second and look where you're at when you get in some of these areas," because it truly was amazing. So, the scenery and the the landscape in Saudi Arabia is mind blowing. Uh, but you know, like you said, though, there was some moments. Obviously, like honestly, we, you know, we kind of had a great uh, a race. There was a lot of team strategy. Uh, there was a lot of strategy going into how hard we were going to push. Once we started leading it at the halfway mark, um, I had a, I had teammates following me. 
Uh, we played team tactics. Um, so I, I wasn't risking as much as I was in the beginning. Now in the beginning, yeah, like the only thing I could say that was gnarly is there's times when you're on rocks that are like a foot long, I mean, razorblade sharp, and it's two or three feet deep of these, but it's just pure rocks and you're driving and it's dusty. And all of a sudden here comes, a, you know, one of those trash truck, big trucks. You're driving what you think is fast. And here comes one six inches from your door driving 20 miles an hour faster. Obviously, their tires are way gnarlier than ours. Like a man or something like that? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of the mans. Yeah. Is that M-A-N-N? Yeah, they don't pass you with three feet in between because they don't want to be in the rocks or off course. They drive right by your door 20 miles an hour faster than you. Now you're in. Now they pass. Now you're in the dust. And you don't know if there's another one five feet behind you, and you're you don't want to slow down. This is where you Bucker. don't want to slow down <laughs> because you don't want to get rear-ended. But now you're you can't see anything, and you're in a rock garden full of razor blades. This sounds awful. <laughs> awful. That sounds exciting. Uh, awfully fun. <laughs> awfully fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, well, you made it. You made it out alive, and you won. Uh, what tires were you on out there? So Nitto tires. And I think so, over the course of the entire race, I think I read. You had uh, the one belt failure, one axle failure, and only five flats that entire yeah. 12 days. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, obviously, it, you know, the, we did a lot of t- – to me, I honestly feel that one of the biggest things that, you know, all the K&Ms are very similar. All, we're all running – you know, we don't – we're not allowed to have some wazoo motor. We're, to me, where I feel that the advantage I had this year was Fox built me a set of shocks, custom-made for me, for the car. We did testing here in the United States. Uh, and we got the car to work phenomenal. My car worked fantastic. So when it got into the rocky sections, my my car was able to suck up more bumps and and not utilize the sidewall. And now not giving us flat tires. It also made it in the sand dunes where when I hit super hard, it had like this. I don't even know how they do it, but basically I had a bump zone that was so firm that you, but it transitioned so smoothly that it wasn't beating the car up and allowing us to push harder or, or beating you up. I mean, quite honestly, oh, yeah, and, beating, and beating us. I mean, just, just from being in the desert racing and stuff, a set of shocks makes all the difference because you could have something that's tuned for the moderate stuff, but is crap on either end where there's not enough compression or rebound control and it will fatigue you. Like, you know, nobody's business. Oh. Big time, big well, time. So I, what, what I'm hearing, Casey, is that what they did for you may end up in a vehicle for consumer purchase at some oh, point in the future. That's oh, that's that's what it is. Literally, it's just we are all it is is, hey, this is what we want to go towards in the future. And all we're doing is the testing development for for the future. So you're a really expensive crash test dummy. R&D. We, R&D. <laughs> oh, R&D dummy. hundred <laughs> percent. That's all I mean. Which and that's what I love doing anyways. I love I'm I'm super high maintenance on my you know my tire pressures, my setup on the car, my clutch. I I am very high maintenance to that stuff, and I'm very sensitive. And uh, dude, Fox Fox does a fantastic job getting it to where I, I I absolutely have a great time driving it. Okay, let's change topic. And you are a guy. Uh, you love to get out into the into the the, the great outdoors. You also vlog, so you shoot a lot of this stuff and put it up on your YouTube channel, which I find very interesting. And one of your recent vlogs I couldn't tune out of where you drove through a freaking mine. I'm obsessed. <laughs> this is lightning. I'm obsessed with he mines. He has been talking about this for literally weeks. And I didn't know where it was until yeah. I saw your video recently. I'm like, that's the mine. It was up by Reno or somewhere. Yeah, I told, you, I told yeah. him you were coming on, Casey, and he's like, oh, I'm the mine. <laughs> well, dude, because it's A. And then 
they, they they started talking about a ladder they they go could go up in, oh. the, in the various shafts, yeah. and I'm like, dude doesn't have any balls if he doesn't grab a handle uh, on that. Uh, on that ladder and hoist himself up and sure enough you went up a few feet i'm like that's my man right there <laughs> dude so that mine we didn't even drive we didn't even drive to the end of it the mine is like you can drive a couple miles in oh uh, so and, would have it's uh so we walked we went to a point and then the walk we walked quite a ways down in there unbelievable by the way but then what's crazy about it you saw my ladder. I climbed a ladder. It's six stories tall inside. Oh we only gosh. went up to the second level. Uh, but, you know, this is where if obviously had more time. Uh, we did. That was a uh, Evo suspension does a Jeep run with th- that was all JK. So we all were on. JK. I recognize the, the leader because we had yes. interviewed the Mel dude from Evo. Mel. Mel. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Dude, he puts on a freaking amazing event. I had a By the way, blast. Mel just won the mid 400. In a gladiator. I saw that. Yeah, that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, good guy. So, but he, uh, yeah, so dude, he puts on these great events. So, anyways, we went down, we were out of time, but yeah, that mine was by far the gnarliest thing uh, I've ever seen. So, just unbelievable. You're driving down, and like you turn your lights off, there is no peepholes, there's no light anywhere. It is pure darkness, and you're driving a full size Jeep on 40 inch tires and a four inch lift. Were you scared at all, ever? <laughs> oh, that, like that, it's it, it's just it's crazy. And oh man, the dust and how like how it once the dust starts picking up, it never settles. Like it takes like hours and hours for the dust to settle in there. So it, like gets in your throat. Yeah, there's 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 no there's no wind going through. But no, it's well, always like sixty seven degrees well, inside of mines. Actually, so uh, they're up off three ninety five. There's a ton of places, old mines that aren't covered up. A lot of them are now because the BLM came and shut them down. But we used to That's rappel e- down in e- Way east of Los Angeles. Yeah, w- east and north. And so we used to go down the bottom of those, and we would spelunk and had helmets and petzl lights and our rock climbing gear, and we would have winches lower us down. We'd go walking around. There's also uh, west of Vegas, southwest, there's a, a mountain called the Table Mountains, and there's some big mines that are multiple, like miles underground in multiple levels. But the one thing you always have to be aware of is any mine has mine shafts that have ventilation. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be underground when the air's not moving. You right. want there to be some movement so, of air because that means sure. fresh air's coming in. So funny you say that because there was a pipe hole like way down in there. There was a vertical uh, shaft yep. for ventilation. Yep, makes all the difference because you don't want to run out of oxygen because you have, I mean, yep. that goes back to the old saying of like canaries in the coal mine, right? You get to a point where there's no more oxygen, the bird dies before you do. Well, if you're just screwing around on the desert, you, you probably don't have a canary with you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. Definitely a wild adventure. I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all about the adventure. I want to go out and explore as much as I can. Dude, that, that's the best. Like, I, I love packing up for the weekend and going to find old ghost towns, old mines. Like, as much fun as, like, the KOH and the rock crawling and all that, I just like to go disappear and find old, cool stuff. And you know what? If I got to throw it in low range and crawl over something or a washout or whatever, and I got to drive fast through an awesome wash, mm-hmm. so be it. Like, yeah. I like doing all those things, but at the end of the day, I like to find something historic and cool to go explore what's crazy about an hour and a half from there and like a crazy 45 minute drive up this sketchy dirt road is an old mine that they're no longer using but they uh, basically there's a guy that's living there keeping the property up and running uh but we spent the night there in tents and uh they ended up opening up some of the old buildings because it used to be a complete town uh they opened up some of the buildings for us to eat dinner in and go see a lot of the old stuff that's still there today uh mind-blowing uh first how they worked and how they made money 
Um, and, and it's it's incredible to see that stuff. And just that was saying, like Casey. That's when men were men, not like us oh, weenies today. Yeah, I mean, seriously, men well, were freaking men. No, no. Casey's a man. He's proved it by driving from LA to New York and back off road in twelve days. <laughs> I wasn't talking about yeah. him. I was talking about oh, us. about you and me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I think we're um, more men than the average twenty year old these days. Uh, well, <laughs> yes. Uh, Don't get me started on millennials. My, my I know. We'll, we'll go down that road. My favorite. I still think my favorite bumper sticker is uh, somebody with an old truck, and it says uh, no. No airbags. We die like men. <laughs> and it's like, yes. That's awesome. That's well, awesome. so anyway, I just wanted to thank you for vlogging that stuff because I think it's cool. And I'm glad you took along a, a, a good cameraman. The shots are pretty and, and it's it's fun to watch. So um, what we haven't talked about is how you got your start. Like, let's go back to the Curry family. And then you grew up in Southern California in Anaheim Hills, right? Did you go to... Would you go to Anaheim Hill uh, to, to Canyon or Esperanza? Esperanza? Canyon High School. Oh, so I was at Villa Park. We, ah, uh, rivals. Yeah. <laughs> My dad was Esperanza. Esperanza. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, Orange County area in Southern California. So how did you? How did your parents get involved in making axles? And then how did you get involved? And are you involved in the business today? So give us some of the backstory. So third generation, my grandpa basically worked for Taylor Dunn Industrial Golf Carts, uh, sold everywhere around the world. And on the weekends, basically just to, you know, for extra fun, you know, extra money because he had four kids. Uh, he was basically working at Taylor Dunn full time. And at nighttime, he's going to junkyards, basically dissecting old cars, pulling the nine inch rear ends out of them, taking them, taking them home. And then at the time, my oldest uncle uh, started with them and then uh, followed by my the middle brother uh john and they were basically going home cutting the uh housing ends off shorting them and then basically taking the axles and they were resplining these axles and then he was selling them back to taylor dunn during the day so this way at night basically working all night working all day trying to make a living uh, and then my grandpa's hobbies were basically hot rods and, and jeeps and uh you know when my dad uh, my dad actually worked for taylor dunn out of high school and college and my unc my uncles never worked anywhere but Curry Enterprise. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is that that's where it all started. When my grandpa, when I was born uh, in 1983, my grandpa retired. Uh, he basically became a full-time grandpa and car builder, uh, which the, that's where I feel I got my passion from was my grandpa. My dad was busy at work um, trying to make Curry Enterprise successful. Uh, at that time, getting into the hot rod, muscle car, and Jeep. Uh, industries, which were basically all their hobbies. So, you know, you know, like they say, you never want to go into uh, doing something you don't love. Uh, they literally built a, a complete industry for themselves uh, with what they love to do. Uh, the funny thing is, is both, you know, my uncle Charlie is a big muscle car guy. My uncle John is an off-road racer and, and my dad or my uncle John is a big rock crawler and my dad is an off-road racer. They truly built an, you know, a, a complete company around uh, what they love to do. Uh, my grandpa had a rule. My grandpa had a whole thing that uh, there's no handouts. Um, my He made a deal with my dad and my uncles that the third generation was never, ever allowed to work for the company. And uh, last year, my dad and them were getting older. Uh, they basically were looking at potentially selling Curry Enterprise, which is devastating for us all. And uh, my dad and my uncles basically started looking at the company and said, you know what? We can make this work if we separate the company out where, hey, John, uh, if you take the rock crawling suspension side uh, and, and Ray and Charlie own the rear inside, we can separate this out. And by doing this, we're not doing anything that basically upsets grandpa. 
And and at this point, we can bring the kids in and get them involved because at this point, now it's separate companies and now it's not one big pool that's going to create family drama. And you've earned your right. keep already, right? Like you're, oh, at this, I'm 36 yeah. years old. And uh, yeah, so in 2019, uh, in June of last year, basically myself uh, and my brother started working for Career Enterprises. Uh, my brother's been working for me for three years. Uh, so it was an easy transition. He didn't have to leave a normal job. And my cousin, Brandon, uh, is working for uh, his dad, John, at Rock Chalk. And uh, yeah, so basically, here we are. We're third generation. We are heavily involved in the day to day now, and we are, uh, you know, our whole goal is to keep it uh, alive. I'm not selling it. It's not for sale. Curry Enterprise is going to stay a family-owned business in California. I truly, despite all the work- taxes and uh, and OSHA and everything else, you have to. Right. Uh, but we love Cal. I mean, so oh, Lightning and I are are. SoCal guys, you're a SoCal guy. I grew up on Huntington Beach. I still live in Huntington yeah, Beach. But I they, mean, California does not make it easy to, nope, uh, to no, do business here. No, they don't. They, they don't, don't, but we love it. This is home for us. Like yeah, A lot of people yeah. ask you, why don't you do this or that? But uh, Casey, you know, it's it's this is home. We haven't known anything else, so we deal with it. Yeah. No, for sure. And I'm, dude, my whole thing is we. I love everything about it. But my biggest thing that we have right now is that, you know, I am I am true. My grandpa was a family man. Everything he did was to put food on the table for his family and and family always came first. And my biggest thing is that I don't ever want I, he passed away, but I would never want to do anything that if I if he was here that I'd ever feel like I'm letting him down. And for myself, like obviously he was a massive supporter in my race program and every, and really was a big support in everything I had going on uh, in the racing side. But for myself, I I am very, very blessed for the opportunity to work at Curry. And the only thing I want to do is make him proud if he was ever alive. So your Monday through Friday, is that spent in the office? And if so, what is your role at Curry? Uh, so basically right now I am working at Curry Enterprises uh, 9 to 5. Um, I'm my role right now is I'm basically I'm trying to lead the sales marketing and, and overseeing some of the manufacturing. But the biggest thing that I'm doing right now is trying to take a load off my dad. I'm trying to make it. I want my dad to be a grandpa. I have a four and six year old, uh, two boys at home. I live on the same property as my parents do. And I'm trying to make it so I can learn as much as I can about the business to make it where my dad can eventually slow down to be a grandpa and get into doing what my grandpa did was build cars, build Jeeps. He's got all kinds of hobbies, but he's so busy at work that he never has time to enjoy it. Dude, life himself. So. Good for you. Yeah, good uh, for you. Uh, I uh, I was really close to my grandparents. They were uh, the biggest influence on my life, and uh, and I'm out of grandparents. That's weird because I was really close with your grandparents, <laughs> yeah, and right? they were the biggest influence on my life. And you yeah. turned out and you turned out that way, and I turned out this way. Um, so I was at lunch today, and uh, I couldn't help but notice there was a guy who's probably about 17, 18 years old, having a sandwich with uh, what I assumed was his uh, his grandma and his grandpa. And uh, I w- went to get my refill before I left, and he walked up to th- clear the table. I said, hey, is that your grandma and grandpa? And he goes, yeah. And I said, I just wanted to let you know, I, I think that's really cool that you guys are having lunch. He goes, oh, they just moved here uh, five years ago, and so we go out to lunch twice a week. And I said, keep that up because I miss my grandparents, and someday you won't have them, and you'll look back, and these will be some of the best times you ever have. And, and your grandpa was a legend, uh, absolute uh- legend in the industry. I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, it's funny. We were like two hours ago. I actually, in the last six months, I actually just bought one of my grandpa's Jeeps uh, and one of my grandpa's hot rods uh, nice. for myself. Good for so you. I, uh, but like 30 minutes ago, I was like, man, if I could, all I want is 10 minutes back. Just, <laughs> ju- I need to just brief him on what yes. I, I <laughs> Get the blessing and make sure I he's just, good with it. <laughs> yeah, like, man, I just, 
it's one of those things, just like you're saying, he was such a mentor for me. And like, obviously my grandpa was a very big influencer in, in the muscle car, hot rod and jeeping scene that it's like, man, I would just like him to know what I've done and where, where I've, you know, where I've been. And like, there, I've accomplished a lot since he's passed away, but it's like, man, just like you're saying, I never took it for granted. My grandma's still alive and we still visit her weekly. And for my whole self is like everything I did, you're like, man, don't ever give that up. I To be around my parents and around my grandparents is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I feel people that have that core group around them, it, it, they're successful. And it's like, man, I, I don't take that for granted at all. Let's talk about Curry Enterprises for a second. I've got a Jeep. I got a truck. I've got a hot rod. Why am I calling Curry over the next guy? So for Curry Enterprises, you know, our biggest focus, quality products you want drivetrain you need axles if you're going to put power to the ground you want bigger tires you want bigger brakes we have what you need the coolest thing that i love about current enterprises we have nothing standardized look you're going to put 42s on it and you want big tires no problem when we make it we're going to make it as wide as you want we're going to give you any pinion angle you want we're going to put any brackets on it you want we're going to powder coat it any color you want and we can get it out the door without saying well this is what we have that you know we kind of sell every day and then we can kind of modify it for you that's not the case if you want whatever you want or dream up we will build we have everything built to order so for us at curry enterprises i feel that we do a fantastic job saying whatever you want or whatever you dream up we will build you you want wheelwood brakes you want bear brakes you want a 70 a 60 you want not a nine inch a or b mm. e-locker <laughs> it's got me thinking want. here you want a fabricated housing you want three and a half inch tubes you want four inch tubes you name it, we can. Lightning's build it always for wanted you. a forge too. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say that, but yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that you know, the coolest thing is that, and that's what we're all about. And even on the hot rod side, you got a guy that's like, man, I want a mini tub, and I want a tub, and I want to drag race it. I want, I want thirty five spline. I want full. I want you know, I want a full float axle and flange axles. We can do what you have. And the crazy thing is, is that there's so many options that we can say, you want a budget build or do you want full extreme? We got everything from full extreme to budget and in between. Now, let me ask you. All right. So business wise, it seems the companies get the biggest and uh, are most well-known are the ones that just have uh, the, the same piece they're pumping out thousands and thousands of whatever widgets, that, right? Well, like widgets and you're going against the grain saying, nope, we're going to do custom one-offs. It seems like unless yeah. you're charging an arm and a leg, it's a hard, hard road to hoe. Funny you should mention that a curry only charges an arm, which is why they're so successful. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So the whole, yeah. Right. Well, you know, the, the, that is one of the things that I feel that it's funny because it's very easy to get into sticking to just a routine and choosing just certain products and pumping them out. And I, I'm not disagreeing that, you know, there is some of those products that we have and we need to do more of, but man, part of me is saying, look, that hot rod shop in the middle, you know, in Wisconsin, looking for a rear end for a, you know, a, a 67 Chevelle that has got these custom wheels on it. Like, I don't want to tell him no. If he wants something and he's got an LSX 454 with a blower on it and he's going to, you know, a sequential transmission and coilover shocks and a four link suspension, like if that's what he wants, I want to build that for him. And I want him to know that, hey, when I bolt this in, I'm not going to cut. I'm not going to grind. I'm not going to stretch it with a, a pair of vice grips. It's ready to go into his application. 
So uh, Lightning uh, wants to tell you that he has a, a 66 Chevy uh, 8-lug uh, C20 that's going to be in need of a uh, an axle. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that it's leaking all over my driveway, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that I'm already planning on doing an engine swap, but I am. If only you knew an axle guy that could help you out. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Very I interesting. Might, I might know a guy. Uh, all right. <laughs> good, good to know people. All right. Well, you're going to have to give me his phone number, Holman. Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, that's not what, cool. What are you going to do for me? I don't know. Right? I'll, come up with something. I'll buy dinner, Denny's afterwards. So what? Uh, so here, I mean, let me let me ask you guys something. So there's a lot of speculation going on. There's a new Ford Bronco coming out. Are the pictures that are being posted on social media are they real or are they fake? <laughs> so it's funny that you would say that. It actually is really funny that he would say that. So because Holman knows, Holman, can can you talk about it? Nope. Really? <laughs> Either can my friend Casey Curry. Uh. Right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are wait a hold on. So we have two guys that are under embargo. I'm not saying we are or we aren't. I'm just saying that. Shut up, Lightning. Really? Uh, That's all. Well, wait. I didn't bring it up. Casey did. Oh. He's our guest. Oh, good point. He can say whatever he wants. I will. I, I'm just saying that there's all kinds of stuff being posted on social media right now. I. That's all I'm saying. I would say that. Um, you should, uh, if you're interested, keep looking at those pictures, and you'll find out <laughs> soon enough uh, what what uh, else is happening. I'm saying that I uh -huh. think they're pretty accurate. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Huh. Mm -hmm. they, you know, like what you know, for me, looking at the outside in, I, you know, like look right now, you just it's it's the buzz of the internet right now. I don't it know, is. like like I don't know anything. Just like Sean, look, I'm just looking out there. I just say there's a buzz in the air. I think it's exciting that Ford is coming out with a Bronco, and I think it's exciting that they want to get back into that you know, SUV style vehicle. And it's going to be fun to see what happens in, in the next year, uh, whether it's uh, bad or good. I think that it's, it's an awesome opportunity uh, for growth in the off-road space. I've got a question for you. When will Curry be making a solid axle swap <laughs> kit for it? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that. Yes. Uh, and, it's, and it's not, and it's not about my, uh, my Chevy C20 either. Okay. It is about, <laughs> so what what are you driving currently? What truck are you driving currently? Hopefully you are. And what is your favorite truck of all time? So right now, actually, I'm sitting in the driveway of my race shop in my Jeep Gladiator. Oh, cool. Uh, so I guess that's my truck. Um, but I, so I, I own a lot of Jeeps. I own a TJ, JK, JL, JT. Um, I've got one of each. And then I also have a Ram 3500. Ooh, Okay. So I, I uh, Casey I got, as a kid was the one who had one of every Hot Wheel. That's exactly right. <laughs> now wait, so can you? Are they all children of yours, and you can't choose, or can you say uh, of all the trucks I've owned, this is my favorite to drive? Or Jeeps? We could do Jeeps. Uh, I'm too. sorry, sorry. No, Why? So, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. We'll do Jeep, and then we'll do truck. So let's separate. You're complicating it. So, this. I'm, I'm, no, it's not We're that hard. Gonna... So give me favorite truck, and then give me favorite Jeep. Um, right now, I would say. Well, here's the deal. What I I will say that right now, I've, I built some sweet uh, trucks when I was younger. I had a really like rad like trophy truck pre-runner that was a lot of fun. But as a Toyota, um, it was expensive as freaking hell to drive because every time you drive, you got to maintain the thing. But what I will honestly say right now, I haven't built my JT yet, and I'm very excited to build it. And I will. My reason on this is like I am a Jeep guy. I grew up in a Jeep family, but I also have two kids that ride bicycles and have a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. What I'm excited about with my kids truck have a lot of crap. 
A hundred percent. Like <laughs> I got car seats in the back right now. I got an RC car in the back. I got tie downs for bicycles in the back. Like, Oh, that's our I new game. The- What's in the back of oh, Casey's God. truck? <laughs> oh, he just God. told us. He just gave it away. Right. What I love about my gladiator is that I can, I can customize it how to my personality because there's so many parts available through the Jeep market that now I can make my truck how I want it. So now, yes, I'm putting four, nine inches front and rear I'm going to make it a lug. I'm putting it seven inches wide. I'm putting 40 inch netto tires on. I'm putting KMC 17 inch wheels on it. I'm putting bumpers front and rear rock rails, lights. I'm doing all this. And then when my wife needs to go to the grocery store, she won't even know that it's got all that because it drives on the road like a normal car. And that's what I love about the gladiator. I'm super excited for you to build your gladiator. I just, after you went through that parts list, I just want to go like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's most, Moab, so Moab Easter Jeep Safari is in like three weeks, so I'm going to yep. start on it in two weeks and get it ready to go. Oh, dude. <laughs> Wait a minute. That feels like the SEMA crunch. I, I love it. I love it. Well, I got to go. I'm actually going down. Like, I leave tomorrow from uh, mainland Mexico to do a Sonora rally, a five-day stage rally. So I get home in seven days. So technically, I only got five days to build it. Hopefully you can get back in the country in time for Moab, my friend. Man, I'm I'm uh, not gonna lie. I'm get we're it's a big communication thing. There, this whole uh, coronavirus is pretty gnarly right now. Oh, dude, it's messed me up. I've I've uh, have some upcoming uh, trips that've been canceled to drive the Gladiator Mojave that eh, canceled yeah. to uh, to drive a future vehicle uh, in the UK. Matt gone. Uh, to see some upcoming things from a brand we all like. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. You like my official Uh, Everything this week has gotten canceled, but I will tell you right now, not Moab. We're going. Well, you you know the trade show got canceled. So, yeah, so everybody was blowing me up yesterday, and Grand County, which is the county that Moab is in, had a meeting yesterday, and they decided not to impose any meeting restrictions, which is great. However, the Red Rock Four-Wheel Drive Club said, well, out of abundance of caution, we're not going to do the vendor show. So I was trading emails and texts, and everybody was going crazy. I'm like, listen, this is like Mecca for us. We're going. Like, If there's uh, no vendor I'm, show, we're still going to be there. And by the way, if less people show up, that's more trail time. So uh, 100%. I'm going, for dude. Me, for, the best part is, is now, Thursday and Friday, I don't have to work, and yeah. I need to go jeeping. Yes, we're not stuck in the booth, so that's two extra <laughs> days of wheeling. I know. 100%. So you and I are on the same page. I, I've already prepaid for my house because, you, as you know, yep. you have to do it a yep. year in advance because people snake it from <laughs> you. So yep. house is prepaid. I already have the plane ticket to, to fly to Michigan because I'm driving my JL. All the way back nice. to Moab, so I I haven't seen it yet. Bought a twenty JL. Pick- is it an autom- Is it an automatic this time? It is not. Oh my! I cannot believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my stick JL. So that's now. Wait a minute! Hold on! Stop! 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 <laughs> stop! Right there! Stop right there! And I'm going to be in Moab. Stop right there! Yes. Word on the street, Casey, is that you and Holman have had some disagreements uh, editorially over over the last couple years. I'd like oh, man, to know this, more about that. <laughs> he is like the only guy. He votes for manual trainees no matter where we are in the world. He is the guy that's like, if it doesn't have a manual, I don't even like it. And see, I'm the opposite. I'm like, if it has a manual, I won't drive it. So he's like, he's trying to be the old 90s punk rocker, you know, where they're just like, <laughs> F the man. Hey, I still no got one, my checkered slip-ons and my wallet chain. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> right? He's the guy that's like, it's challenging. Let me add an additional gnarly challenge. Yes. Where you have to have three feet All right. and a parking brake. Let's be honest, okay? I will drive an automatic. It's, I'm fine with it. But <laughs> I prefer the man. All right, here, you'll like this. All right. So four-wheelers, pickup truck of the year, Jeep Gladiator. 
I just ordered my Gladiator from Jeep for our long-term one-year loan. I ordered it in stick. <laughs> because awesome. I can't but be the guy that likes manuals and go, bah, F it, I'm going to go automatic this time. No, I got to I gotta stand <laughs> yes, up for what I believe in. That's awesome. Uh, one thing I will say, though, you said the Mojave Edition. I got to do some uh, preseason testing, and that is such a bitchin' Jeep truck. Dude, factory hydraulic bump stops on the front. Yes. Iron knuckles instead of the aluminum ones. Oh, yes. It, and uh, I will say that, dude, pushing it to the limit. I mean, I got the opportunity to drive one with, you know, you don't own it and hammer down. Oh, yeah. Way and, different when you don't own it. Oh, man. it put. I literally, I put it to the test, and it was phenomenal. Dude, the shocks, the, the suspension out of the box, it's, it's an amazing vehicle. So a lot of you don't know this, but Casey and I sort of not only run in the same circles because we're in the automotive industry, but also kind of run in the same circles on the OE development side where a lot of times a manufacturer might bring me in for some product ideas to make sure they're hitting that on target, but then bring Casey in to drive it to kind of validate the engineers and what they think about the product going forward. So uh, we'll cross paths or we'll run into each other at different things or we'll find out through our product planning or engineering friends that one, you know, oh yeah, Casey was here. Oh yeah, Holman was here. And then, you know, sometimes we'll compare notes. I'm like, hey, you were on that yeah. too. So, <laughs> so that's kind of no, cool. No, but I will, I will say though, the one thing that I, I'm, I love about the podcast and obviously even the personality is that obviously you guys are very passionate about what you do to the point where it's not just a job. It, you, you have, you guys have a knowledge base uh, that far exceeds most people. And it doesn't matter what you talk about. Like I was telling you just a couple of days ago at the Overland Expo, man, it's like, mm-hmm. man, everywhere you go, you guys have some sort of story that is in depth of why something is better than something else. And that there, there's not a lot of people that actually have that. There's a lot of people that are like, I only like this because I get paid by them. You guys are like, no, nope, here's the deal. I've driven it. It doesn't drive good. Or I've driven it and it drives great. If you're going to go jeeping I want you, or wheeling, I want you to drive this. And if you're going to go fast, I think you should drive this. Well, thank you. That's a very uh, nice compliment. Thank you. That's the nicest right? thing I've heard. We're, we're like, not sure what to say. Yeah, we're stunned. Oh, dude. I, it's, well, dude, it's when you go to these places, and just like you're saying, right? We go and there's times when we're dealing with OEMs and there's times you're dealing with aftermarket. And, dude, to get straight answers sometimes, sometimes you get people that are like, dude, I know you're lying just to keep a sponsor happy. Yeah. And dude, you guys do a great job of just telling the truth, which is what most people want to hear anyways. Well, Thanks. No, thank you. Yeah, that's thank you. Nobody usually compliments us. We're Casey. not used to we're this. Not, yeah, we're not used to this <laughs> like at all. A fish out of water over here. I feel like we need to end the show on that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Kill listen. Him, all right. So if you guys are looking for uh, rear ends for just about anything, go to CurryEnterprises.com. But if you're a fan of Casey, go to CaseyCurry.com. By or the, right. follow him on uh, YouTube because he's got a lot of cool vlogs. Uh, can we just go through the list? I know we talked about Dakar, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to go through this quick yeah. list of like recent things that that uh, our friend Casey has uh, accomplished, if you, if you will. So are you <laughs> going to do this in the form of like uh, a top ten list? Uh, how about Number five. No, there's, there's <laughs> no? way too many. No, you sure? Many. Yeah. Hold on. Ten. <laughs> no. Nine. Nine. No. No. Nine. Eight. No. Seven. No. Sure? Six. Yeah. Really? Uh, well, you got. I know he's got a lot. T minus ten. Nine. <laughs> eight. Seven. Okay. I mean, we could we could go with it, but we might have to do several of those. All right. How about this? Uh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, 2017 first king of Portugal, uh, Ultra Four class. Also the first of the Baja 1000 in the Hammers truck class. 2018 mm-hmm. first Baja 1000, first in Baja 1000 Hammers truck, first in Baja 500 Hammers truck class. 
2019's been a busy year, dude. First in the yeah. Baja 1000 Hammer Truck class. First in Rally de Morocco in the Open SSV class. First at Crandon World Cup in the Ultra, Ultra 4 class. First Abu Dhabi Desert Challenge UTV. First Mint 400 Ultra 4. Rookie of Dakar. Fourth Jeez. in Dakar UTV. Winner X Games Gold Medal. And in 2020, you're the first American to win Dakar. Dude, I don't <laughs> have that many first participation trophies. Uh. It did honestly. Uh, it, they're going wild. They're wow. Yeah, they can't hear you right now, Casey. They're they're clapping too loud. <laughs> oh, I hear that guy in the back. He's hooting, and hollering. Oh, I hear it. Dude, I'm very blessed. Very, uh, very so blessed. wait a minute. What the hell did you do at uh, at the X Games? We uh, do Jeep hosted an event there, and uh, they brought out five uh, basically race slash. Uh, gold medalists from other categories. I got chosen by Jeep uh, on the racing side, and I competed against like Brian Deegan, uh, who else was there? Bucky Lazic. Uh, there, uh, there was a couple other competitors. Yeah, and, just uh, a bunch of no names. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> all, a bunch of all gold, action sports superheroes. Gold. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we did. We had a basically they built a on the snow halfway up the ski uh, resort, uh, halfway up the ski run in Aspen, a full blown jeeping rock crawl course uh out of logs and uh yeah we had a competition uh for a real gold medal and uh, i ended up beating them all now how's deegan because deegan's got you know the motocross experience and a little bit of off-road uh, i mean he's a uh, businessman in himself and he is very competitive because he thought he had it in the bag he went before me and literally thought he had in the bag and God, it felt good. We have competed. He's so, <laughs> dude, the dude's so cocky. I don't oh, think I've ever oh, met anyone. You know, you know what he said? Cocky, he goes, so I, 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 I have a quote. Ah, crap. Casey's here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. When I beat, that was the uh, icing on the cake for sure. I like, mean, just... it's great to win, right? But there's certain wins that are a little sweeter than the other ones. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because oh, look, dude, fun. Brian Deegan is the king of bros. Like he's uh, he's the king the the top brosif he is the yeah. head bro, head brosif at uh, at the Brocademy at the he's Brocademy. the profe- he's yeah, the professor he's the professor <laughs> the professor yeah exactly. professor <laughs> yeah absolutely no dude it was a that was a pretty amazing experience and just to be at X Games uh, participate in all the X Game activities uh, like in getting to do the whole award thing and like I got an amazing gold Jeep grill uh, with actually the gold medal in the headlight bucket that's awesome. Uh, they, uh, Oh, it's it was an it was an incredible experience for sure. That's fantastic, dude. You're living the life. You really are. <laughs> I just work hard. I literally yeah. just feel like I work hard. That's all I want to do is. Work you know hard. what? But here's something uh, Holman and I were talking about off air is that you've got a really cool life in that when you're in the circles of people that you know and love and, and work with, you're a star. Like like you're at at an event, you're a bona fide celebrity, but you walk into uh, Albertsons for some gross, groceries or something or in a Walmart, you're just some and dude. Just to do with the monster? Yeah. 100%. That's, look, I don't want to be a, the, the celebrity thing. I don't need to be. that. You see some of those guys walking into a grocery store and getting harassed or trying to eat dinner and t- – I don't need to be. You that don't need guy. that around your kids and stuff. I, and no, I no. And all my kids, I don't want them to be around that. And I'll, I'll be totally honest with people that are listening right now. Is uh, I've been. I just celebrated my 17th anniversary at this company. Even though we've had like seven companies while I've been here, <laughs> but I've been around the Curries in your family for a long time. They're awesome. Uh, I've known you for a long time. They still, the restraining it, order is uh, been it's lifted. lifted. It's okay. lifted now. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're okay with it, Casey? <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, gone. Uh, but I, I will tell you that uh, Case, the way Casey is on the phone right now is exactly the dude that he is when you meet him in person. He's totally chill. 
big time competitor. He'll go head to head with you, but it's fun uh, and just just solid and not not cocky. Not doesn't have the the whole I'm a celebrity. He's just your down to earth guy that you want to go hang out and go hang out. In Are the you trying with. to top his uh, his ac- the accolades he gave it's us? Qual- it's called quid pro quo, Lightning. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, no, I'm just I'm delivering the goods. I just you know I it's just like yeah. David Rose taught us. I'm doing a, a compliment sandwich over here. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're in the middle. Yes, uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate welcome. that. Oh, jeez. Now we did. We all like to have fun. I, I my whole thing is I truly very. I'm blessed for the opportunities that have been given to me, and uh, obviously hard work pays off. But uh, for me, just like you said, I love going to events and hanging out. with we have a small industry. This aftermarket industry in the off-road world, I don't care if it's UTV, side-by-side, Jeeps, trucks. Like The industry is small, and uh, there is some fantastic people out there to, to hang out and enjoy uh, the time with. For sure. Oh, well, you're definitely one of them. Casey, so. appreciate it. Thank you for uh, carving out some time for us. We we honestly do appreciate it. And at Casey Curry uh, on Instagram, if you want to follow, he's got a, a cool page, and uh, currently uh, there's a badass monster uh, Camaro burnout video on there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. No, that that I just finished. I'm a car guy now too, by the way. <laughs> hey, I think we we're all gearheads. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 we have the truck show, and like our main passion is trucks and off road. But, dude, we like it all. Listen, you can drive a freaking riding lawnmower as long as it's modded and, and fast. fast. <laughs> Funny you say that. My dad just bought one. No, <laughs> yeah. of course he did. He's gonna, start, he's gonna start racing lawnmowers on the side. <laughs> oh my lord. Well, guess uh, we, guess we have our next guest. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, funny. Casey. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You got it. We'll All talk right, brothers. To talk to you soon. All right, later. You got it. Bye. Well, Holman, uh, Casey's way cooler than we are. I think we've established that. Uh, just about everybody is, yep. so that's not new. So let's see what our listeners think about us in this segment. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. That was way loud, was it? <laughs> hey, you even turned my head. Yeah, you did. You're bobbing. I haven't gotten into this in a while. I'm just going to let it jam for a second. Since this is our uh, last night in the studio, should we take a TikTok of that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, we've announced that yet. That's no, new no. news right here. Yeah. You yeah. want to tell everybody what you're talking about? Yeah, we'll save it for news. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, am I starting off or are you starting yeah, off? I'll you do go. it. Okay, hold on. I need, uh, I'm going to need this button at the ready. Let me get uh, this one here. Okay. So he uh, starts off, Kyle starts off with hashtag yeah, buddy. As the subject line, love the podcast. Look forward to it every single week. Since my last email, I now have Motor Trend on demand and I'm tearing up all that sweet content. Nice. Thank you for uh, checking out. Uh, I think they've got a deal right now on Motor Trend. MotorTrend.com. Yeah, MotorTrend.com. But yeah. what is it? It's like uh, three bucks a month. It's so stupid cheap. No, it's uh, actually cheaper than that. Way cheaper than three dollars a month. Dude, I mean, there's so much great content. There's Roadkill. Uh huh. There's Dirt Every Day. Yeah. There's Junkyard Gold. Okay. I just paid a dollar ninety six for a Kit Kat. You gonna tell me? Okay. Yeah. Did you really pay a dollar ninety six for a Kit Kat? Yes. For four cents more, two freaking dollars a month, <laughs> you can get Motor Trend on Demand. Oh Come my on. Gosh. Seriously, two dollars a month? Yeah. Go to MotorTrendOnDemand.com or go to the app, the Motor Trend app. And how uh, are they gonna the pay offer. the Dirt Every Day guys? Like, how do they even at two dollars a month? How? That's, I mean, that that's insanity. Up? 
So while you're <laughs> stuck home and you're bored, yeah, you got plenty of stuff to watch on Motor Trend. You sure do. So do it. All right, let me finish with this email. All here. right. Uh, let's see here. He says, the main reason for writing is y'all need to monitor those key engine parameters. Master, monitor key engine parameters. By checking out Roadkill Season 9, Episode 104. In this episode, Finnegan and Angelo road trip a 71 Torino wagon with a 12-valve come and swap. And around the 21-minute mark, Finnegan drops a, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, when talking about the turbos, keep up the awesome content, Kyle. So uh, What you hmm. need to do is you need to find that and then steal Finnegan's drop. And then we use him saying it on oh, our show. I'm totally all right. That way, I mean, fin, that way, Finnegan is part of our show always. Big star on uh, <laughs> Kyle's email to return to that uh-huh. one later. Okay, your turn. Got one from uh, Matt here. Says, let's talk tin grills. Hey, Lighting and Holman. My name is Matt. Hi, Matt. I've been. <laughs> well, that's how we started. Okay. How many uh, people write that? Yeah. My name is Matt. Yeah. And type it out. <laughs> Literally, my name is Matt. Normally, you just like later, Matt. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end. As the salutation. Like there's mystery in the beginning. You're not sure right. who you're talking to. Yeah. Right. And then at the end, he's like, drops it. Boom, Matt. And you're like, well, at least you're not Doug. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts on my way to and from work for a while now. And since stumbling upon the truck show, you guys are all I listen to. Wow. I wonder how he stumbled on us. I really enjoy the show and all the different things you guys talk about. Well, that's actually pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. We're humbled. I, I'm definitely humbled. Okay. I'm a 23-year-old engineer who grew up working on big diesels for my father's trucking company and fixing up pickups and Jeeps in my spare time. I'm a diehard Mopar fan and the proud owner of a tin grill 1980 W150 Power Wagon and a 79 Ram Charger Holman, SE. Holman, I'm sorry to interrupt. I see a theme here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't know what he means by a tin grill. Uh, you know how we call, like, my, my truck's a bump side. Yeah. And uh, then there's, like, square body Chevys and OBS Fords. This is just that generation so of t- Ram truck. Metal as opposed to plastic? Yeah, they have the metal grill that's, that's like, stamped, feels like tin. Oh, So okay. I mean, yeah. I love Rams, just didn't know that uh, subtle difference. Yep. Uh, he says, these are my two current projects, and the 72 to 80 tin grill Dodges and Plymouths are really unique. By the way, the uh, the Plymouths have, uh, I think they're stacked square headlights, whereas the Rams had one headlight. Okay. So it's kind of cool. My uh, cousin has a uh, Plymouth. It's a Ram Charger. I can't remember what they called it, if it was d- like a duster or something like that. A couple subtle differences. You never see the Plymouths anywhere, so they're kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. It says, I started listening to your podcast from the beginning, and I'm still catching up, so I don't know if you've done this already, but would love to hear a segment about the tin grills. And what you guys think about them. I've been looking for a big brake kit for my W150 Dana 44 open knuckle front end and a disc brake conversion for the Chrysler 9 and a quarter rear. If you guys know of any kits or have any friends in the industry that could steer me to a clear answer, the online forums can't. That would be awesome. Thanks and keep up the good work. P.S. The jingles never get old. And that's uh, that's from Matt. Thank you, Matt. Um, I don't know off the top of my head who makes a uh, brake conversion kit for that. Uh, it's probably a simple answer where somebody's going, hey, dummy, you've had so-and-so on the show, and they do it's it. It's not a Willwood or someone? Uh, no. So mm-hmm. why don't you, uh, if any of our uh, listeners out there, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com if you know the answer to that. Help we'll, a brother out. We'll pass it along to Matt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, six-door Fummins names, says Ozzy. Here are a few names for six-door Fummins. That must be Finnegan's truck. Mm-hmm. Simply six. Just one six. Like just one fix, I guess. I like that. And six ain't enough. (laughs) (laughs) 
All that's, right. That's pretty funny. Yep, that works. Uh, I think there, do you have one more email that had some names on it? Oh, yeah, sure do. This I'll one's from that. Matt, Matt uh, Finnegan's Six Door Names. Hey, guys, listening to episode 112 about Finnegan's new Six Door Ford and thought an idea for name would be Revenge of the Sixth. <laughs> That's not That's bad. Funny. Thanks for making my four-hour daily commute through Seattle a little easier to tolerate. And uh, you're welcome, Matt. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We'll have to pass those on to Finnegan. Well, it's two mats in a row right Yeah, there. we do have two mats. And they're different mats. Yeah. All right. We got one here from- Separated uh, by an Aussie. From Blaine. Says, uh, Canada ends at Newfoundland. And then it's five star, 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 star. Okay. He says, not Nova Scotia. I've been meaning to call you- <laughs> He says, ye- been meaning to call you out on this for uh, a while. I think it was before Christmas, and I think it was Jay who said that he took his family on a road trip to Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Anyway, something was said about how there was no further to go. Well, let me tell you about a little big rock in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. The most eastern point of land in North America is our little island. It seems that the majority of Americans don't know about Newfoundland. Ooh, I do, I do. Okay. Newfoundland. I've been there. Yeah? So I've been further in North America than you. Mm, yeah, by how a couple hundred miles? No, I don't. It's not that much further east, is it? I mean, I, my I geography of Eastern Canada clearly. I don't know. We're not I good. drove as far. I I remember driving as far as pretty much as far as we could drive east. Well, northeast. I can tell you that I am an honorary Newfoundland screecher. Okay, what is that? It is uh, you drink their uh, their epic liquor. Uh huh. And you bite the head off of a fish. Oh, that photo on your phone is you biting a head <laughs> off a fish. What's wrong with you? And you drink that. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, and then there's like a- Did it I, taste bad? I don't, it was weird. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't remember if it was like their rum, Uh-huh. but it was tell me, different. Tell me it wasn't like black licorice Look, tasting. there's me eating the fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but it was cool to be honorary screecher. There's a whole ceremony and a whole thing and- uh, just, oh, the face! Yeah, the face you're making eating the uh, the head off that fish is where we were. Smelled mm. all like the ocean. Yeah, that's yeah. not good. No, it depends. I mean, it's it's it just not that if it's fishy ocean. Yeah, it was a little fishy ocean yeah. out there. Yeah, no. It's but not, here's not the good. thing. I think I told you on the the podcast before that it was stunning to me. Is I'm in Newfoundland. I love Newfie dogs. Not one person was walking in Newfie. They're like. A, a couple labs, there's a chihuahua. I'm like, what's the chihuahua doing up here? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't get that. Huh. Uh, I did visit the town of Dildo. Yeah, that's yeah, a famous town. Every DJ on the face of the planet's called Dildo before. Has gone there? Yeah. Mm. No, no, not gone there. They just call it. Oh, they call it just to be funny? Yeah, exactly. All right, well, uh, so, you know, Newfoundland. Okay. I love it. Uh, anyway, so he uh, he continues. Anywho, always kind no, of- No, no, no. There's no anywho's on this show. Uh, should I change it? Yeah. What do you want me to change anywho to? Anyhow. Anyhow? Yes. Do you think he just transposed the letters? Is that what you think no, happened No, no. He wrote anywho. So a lot of people <laughs> say that. My mom will say that. I'm like, mom, don't, don't. It's anyhow. Anywho. At, at best. That's like all the flight attendants on airplanes who call them rollerboards. They're not freaking rollerboards. They're roll-a-boards. You roll them aboard the airplane. They're not boards with wheels. Damn it. What he said. <laughs> I'll back you up. I don't All even right. know what you're talking about. <laughs> the bags that you roll onto an airplane. Yeah. Every flight you ever go on. Uh, welcome. Uh, we know you have a choice to uh, fly with Delta. We would like to say, please place your rollerboards in the uh, overhead compartment. And I'm just sitting there. It's not a freaking rollerboard. It's a roll aboard. You roll it aboard the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You're right. A rollerboard would be like a skateboard. Yeah. 
It would be a skateboard. Yeah. I'm going to change the meaning of skateboard to rollerboard. No. Yeah, and then that way they can't use it for the luggage. This thing, this whole segment's gone <laughs> derailed. We're uh-huh. way off the rails. All on right, this anyway, one. back to Blaine here. Uh, he says that uh, he was going along with his day job when he heard something along the lines of Canada. She so started typing a bit at a time. He wanted to let us know that they also probably have the biggest truck market in Canada next to Alberta, which is hugely populated with newfies and uh, has been said they have the most leaf spring center away than anywhere else in the country. They use their trucks, needless to say. Anyway, he says. Uh, He'd like to leave off here, but he'll be in contact again, maybe with a couple uh, Know Your Notes or something. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say, as well as I've been a listener since episode six, I went back and started from the beginning. I, too, am one that longs for a frickin' Monday to hear the cast work. Oh, yeah. It makes Mondays just a little bit brighter. And P.S., I think you should keep mounting those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Five expletive stars. Five star review. Five stars. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Anyway, uh, he says he'd love to have a sticker, and he sent us a picture of him drinking a Molson. Because oh, what else there. would you drink in oh, Canada? Yeah, that's what that is. Okay. All right. Hmm. There it is. Thanks, Blaine. Solid axle swaps is the subject line from Lars. Holman and Lightning. Nope. Strike that. Lightning mm, and Holman. Uh, only uh, only I'd, incorrectly. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on solid axle swaps on GM pickups. If you've ever driven anything with a swap... If there's kits out there that you'd recommend, or if it's all custom, and if it's a reasonable thing to do uh, to a truck, considering it probably has no resale value. I have no problem with what I'm driving, and I just think it'd actually be cool to have a rear axle under the front of my pickup truck, says Lars. Um, Why would you have your... a rear axle under the front of his pickup truck? Is that what you do? You put a rear in the front? No. No? Because then your center, your pumpkin, your differential is in the center. I don't know what you, you do. You need so... it offset to one side well, so the transfer case can I... shoot a drive shaft at okay, it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, so I wanted, you and I had talked very briefly many years ago about solid axle swapping my, uh, my dually. Yeah. And I, why did I want to do that? I think just because. It's rad? It is rad. But why was Especially it Especially at a Chevy. I think because you could either use leaves or coilovers. I was really going for coilovers, and yeah. there wasn't a factory coilover kit for my 08 Chevy. Well, did you ever talk to anybody about it, or did you no, just – I never me? got that <laughs> – yeah, I don't think I ever got that serious because I felt like about that time when I wanted to get that ride. Here's the other thing. I became great friends with Brian at Bulletproof, and he – I would have had to ditch his front end. Oh, yeah. And I kind of felt bad yeah, about yeah, that. It's a relationship so, yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my next truck will have coilovers in the front, for sure. Even if it comes with- um, Even if it's an old big bars. window uh, Chevy? Uh, oh. It's got, it's got coilovers. Ooh. It has coilovers? It does have coilovers. Well, I guess in the most crude sense, not in the way that you're talking about it. It has coils. Yeah, it has not coils. Coilovers. Yeah, right. Yeah, just coils. Is the shock in the middle? Uh, when I'm done with the Chevy, it will not. It will be on air. Yeah, that's my plan. All right. <laughs> uh, Says the unimpressed guy across from me. <laughs> well, I just, uh, you know, I yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. I wish no ill will on your project. I only wish that yours would get, would get finished. Yes, finished I'm aware point. of that, yeah. All right, so I got one here. Uh, gasless on the UP. Dear light guy in whole milk. <laughs> that's a first? Not my favorite. Uh, uh, nope. I mean, I give him a five for creativity. Okay. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll back a you. Scale of one to three. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one scale to, of one to three. One to fifteen. <laughs> Wait, but no one does a scale know. of one to fifteen. I don't know. Scale I don't of know. one to ten, you give him a five. I'll back you up. Move on. All right. Yeah. 
<laughs> the first and only time I ran out of gas was in a 2011 Chevy Colorado. It was a fleet truck that I'd only driven a few times, and I was not paying attention to the gas gauge or the little amber light that came on as I drove from Milwaukee to Escanaba, Michigan. Escanaba? I've never heard of it. Escanaba. Now he's making it up. All right. Doesn't exist. Uh, California pompousness, in effect. <laughs> just joking. Come on, guys. We had just left Minomini. <laughs> are you just making up I, words? These are towns, apparently. Okay. I've never been to Menominee. Okay. Michigan. It's Menominee. 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 Yeah, okay. Uh, which is right on the border and could the, have been more. The wheels have just yeah. come off this train right now. Uh, well, it's because of the news we just got. Yeah. Yeah, we're distracted at the moment. We're just trying to get to the show. Are we going to tell them what the news is? No, next segment. Okay. Moving along here. Uh, Anyway, he says, uh, which is right on the border and couldn't have been more than a couple miles outside of town when the car just stopped going. Thankfully, there were folks across the street who gave us more than enough gas to get back into town and fill up. I think I was much more aware of that gauge from that point on. Jeff Brown, Provo, Utah. P.S. Since I'm writing about the UP, I have to call you out, Sean. You said Ooper a few episodes ago when it's pronounced Uper. I'll let it slide, but you were already corrected earlier in the show when you had the spy photographer on. Still love you, though. Youpers it is. Youper. Youper. All right, I got one here from RB. Gentlemen, this one line in the allpar.com article jumped out at me today, and I thought on the heels of this week's special Titan Frontier episode on the Truck Show podcast, it was worth talking about. I've never heard of that potential partnership between Chrysler and Nissan, but I'm sure Holman knows all about it. It would be really interesting to hear if there's anything he can say about it. I've always considered Nissan to be the RAM of the Japanese automakers, i.e. RAM and Nissan are never number one in sales, but they are both very scrappy, highly innovative companies that walk their own path unencumbered by the likes of Ford and Yon. F-150 Legacy. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Holman, what you got on the uh, Chrysler-Nissan uh, collab? Yeah, there's going to be an alliance uh, in the truck market where they were going to build the Titan on the current generation RAM architecture, which is the DT platform. It was during 2008 when this news came out. Obviously, if you remember 2008, you know some stuff happened. And then- Oh, the big recession? Yeah. So they were going to tie up- Nothing compared to what's going to happen to us now. (laughs) Well, I'll save that for a segment. Mm. Um, All right. And so essentially what happened was they they worked it out. Nissan would have had their completely own design, Ram chassis. Hemi would have been on the table. Ram box is not on the table. It uh, It would have given Nissan access to more cab configurations and bed lengths than what they were currently offering at the time because they were only uh, doing a extended cab and a crew cab. And so you would have had a, a breadth of lineup now. And so that was going to happen. They were looking at the heavy-duty trucks from Chrysler because they wanted to have a diesel engine, but they decided they were going to go their own way on a heavy-duty uh, Titan, which became the XD eventually. What happened was bankruptcy, new owners, uh, some of the executives actually left uh, FCA and went to Nissan. Nissan and... I don't know who dissolved the partnership or what happened. One thing led to another. Nissan decided, no, we're going to go build our own truck, which is the second generation Titan you see today. Ah. Ram went on and continued the development on their truck. Uh, and yeah, they, they it could have been an interesting tie-up. would have given Nissan some scale and uh, a manufacturing partner and things like that. Um, but the other thing is Nissan was starting their light commercial truck business at the time, which is like the NV Vans and all that stuff that you see today. 
Um, they were tied up uh, with uh, Renault, and they had 11 global platforms for LCVs, on and on and on. They had some manufacturing capacity. Anyway, as with all business deals, something changed, the environment changed, and it wasn't financially the right move, and uh, they parted ways. And so the uh, Nissan uh, Ram-based pickup uh, never saw the light of day. Maybe it's a good thing that they both went their own way because they both have their own very distinct personalities in the in the truck space. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where there are definitely some uh, pros to them tying up. There were some cons to them tying up and, and ultimately gets added to the longest running list uh, out there of automotive ideas that never went to uh, market. You know, I mean, it's like there are some uh, breeds of dogs that just shouldn't be, you know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're, they're like, sometimes it's not meant to be, but somehow they get together and you're like, what is that weird looking? Do you think that's what that would have been? You never know. <laughs> okay. I'm, so I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. <laughs> All right. right? Well, I, I happen to like uh, the Nissan Titan. All right. I got one here from Jeremy from Canada. Listening to episode 94 and Center Force clutches, I have to say Ram's clutches in the 6.7 liter Cummins are horrible as well. The dual mass flywheel sucks when pulling heavy loads oh, yeah. and has a horrible clutch feel. Changed out my clutch in my 07, and instead I got a dual disc south bend and solid flywheel, and it made a world of difference. Keep on trucking. And that again is from Jeremy from Canada. Uh, yeah, south bend makes a great clutch. Uh, so does center force for those trucks. And I agree, the factory clutches, uh, being a manual guy, there are definitely some out there that could use a little, uh, little loving. Yeah. And you're a center force fan. Yeah. Oh, I love center force. They've always treated me right, make a great product, and uh, Will Beatty, our buddy over there, his nickname is literally Mr. Clutch. So, you know, with a name <laughs> like that, he's got to be your go-to Mr. guy. Mr. Clutch. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, WWE name. Well, it's, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Clutch. You know what's funny <laughs> is there's a sticker of him that's like a line drawing of his face with sunglasses, mm-hmm. and it's like Mr. Clutch. And so it's Not funny, really. around the industry, every once in a while you'll see one stuck to something. Mr. <laughs> it's Clutch. pretty cool. Ah, good times. And then uh, he's got his son, Kid Clutch. (laughs) Is that what it is? I don't know. It'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I think uh, on that note, we should probably roll into uh, what's new in trucks. What's What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh. Did you hear the echo? There was a little bit of echo. You know why there's echo? Why? Because there's no one in this building. Well, that's true, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, are we going there? Yeah, we should start with that because there is news in the truck world, in our truck world. Yep. We're in a very large building. So we're we're just off the photo cove. If you've never yeah. been to Motor Trend, and most of you probably haven't, it's a pretty big office building. Uh, this used to be a building that was used with uh, NASA uh, during the space uh, exploration. I this this I guess was, the space race. I was gonna say space race, but I think that's actually accurate. Okay, and it was uh, there's some kind of shady history about who was in here. And if it was top secret government stuff going on, this whole building, I think, had like lead shielding on it. Uh, we couldn't even get cell phone signals in here when we first moved in. Interesting. It's a big old building. Yeah. So my point is that some of it, it, most of it is office building. Then you have the hot rod studios on one side. And then on our side, there's these massive photo coves, all white walls, uh, curved uh, uh, so there's no corners. It's all smooth, so you don't get light bouncing anywhere. And consequently, it echoes like crazy. And we're on the far corner in the photo cove in our own studio, soundproof yeah. studio, which they built for us as a bitch. And home and <coughs> all, I no, you it. did. You did. No, 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 no. You, you built it. You did a nice job. Anyway, there's no one in this building but us. 
and they just literally issued, right now there is no one in this I know, building. We are, and so there's if usually, we were locked in. Yeah. We'd be screwed. No, no, we'd be breaking into the vending machine. Oh, okay. I've gotcha. got Dr. Pepper over here. Oh, it's got Apple Pay, so we'd be good. <laughs> yeah, we'd be fine. So Until they found our bodies. Holman over here, who technically works for Motor Trend, um, I'm just contracted, and gets a memo that says what? Well, uh, we record in the evenings, and not to pull the curtain back too much, uh, but on our drive here, the uh, governor- of California said everybody must stay at their house indefinitely, essentially. And I said to Lightning, um, I don't know what that means for the studio because I don't know what it means for us traveling. And there is an exemption for media. So we're like, okay, maybe we can use that exemption. And our company uh, here at Motor Train Group, uh, while we were in the middle of a segment, emailed the entire company and said the building is closed indefinitely until this thing passes, so just continue to work from home, which we've been working from home for a week now. By the time you hear this, it'll be two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, long story short, there's nobody here except for us, and we're just waiting for the authorities to come and yeah, take us you, away. Uh, if you look at the, through the mini blinds <laughs> into the parking lot- No cars. That's not true. Uh, there's ours. There's a <laughs> Ram and a Mini Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's-, there's uh, uh, the world's gone mad, man. So here's how bummed I was. Because you're shut down. The building is shut down. Yes. I was going to take the Chevy, the 66, and I was going to bring it over today uh-huh. into the photo cove, uh-huh. and I was going to shoot a 360 of it, as you know, uh-huh. for our friend Jeffrey Transu, and he was going to help me do a 3D render so we can plan out what we're going to do the truck. Well, you got no photographer. You got no staff. We don't even have a guy to unlock the bay door to let the truck in. Nope, nobody's here. I was very excited to drive that thing here. All that waiting, all that waiting, I finally get the registration. I'm super excited to get a photo taken. <laughs> so, folks, nope. um, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Since technically we're uh, in some weird, bizarro land where we're working from home and we're going to make this commitment to the listener. We're not going to stop doing the podcast. We feel like you need us for entertainment. <laughs> they don't need us. And we're hoping that we can provide that and give you a little bit of levity no, during this time. No, we're desperately hoping they'll tolerate us long enough to listen to it. No, episode. we're desperately hoping a bunch of bored people land on the podcast yeah. or stumble into it, as our uh, as our listeners say. Maybe that's true. Yeah, this uh, the world has gone mad. I, uh, I hope to look back and say that we overreacted. But, I, I uh, hope we'll, so. We'll see. All of my uh, upcoming trips have been canceled. Uh. Uh, the Mojave Gladiator Drive. Uh. The Ford, whatchamacallit, that's coming up. Uh. Or the Bronco. I didn't say that. Mm. The Land Rover Defender Drive in the UK. Uh, Easter Jeep Safari in Moab. Cross Country JL Bring Back from AV. <laughs> uh, I mean, on and on. My yeah. my schedule for the next... Oh, uh, dude, I was going to go to go visit Amsoil. We were going to get a big old tour, the whole thing. And yeah. we've got uh, Mark coming up next episode from Amsoil. Yep. We were going to go visit him. And I was going to go hang out with Guy Fieri in, yeah, because in uh, Northern you, California. You, There's a big deal where we thought we were going to go do something. And I had to tell you it got canceled. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go see Guy this weekend. Yep. Nothing. No. <laughs> Nada. 
Are you guys working from home yet? I mean, no, there's nothing to stop me from driving up there and just avoiding, you know, the California Highway Patrol. And the National Guard and the governor's office. No, they're not going to pull any of that shenanigan. Do you think they will? Nah. 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 I mean, they they don't have enough to enforce it. I could do it, but I'll just- There's enough exceptions where it's not like people are going to not be on the freeway and stuff. Although, I got to tell you, I think I made it here in record time. Oh, 26 minutes from my house. I was doing 85 and I never lifted. I'm not even kidding. Normally- Hour and 15 to hour and a half, 26, 27 minutes. Right. I wonder if, uh, you know, the guys on like a Daily Driven Exotics, DD and those those big YouTube channels with all the uh, your Stradmans, and are they on the highway? It's just like, I'm going to do 200 miles an hour because there ain't any cops out there. No, there'll be cops. Not many. No, they're, they still, they're still fully staffed. No, I'm not saying that there are, I think there it's going more, to be more cops. I think it's more dangerous now because you'll stand out. Have a couple friends stand on some overpasses <laughs> and do some top end runs. Ugh, I don't know about that. I don't think we can endorse that at all. Lightning. Uh, was I endorsing it? I don't know. I'm just uh, making sure that I'm we do saying, not. I would just say uh, <laughs> we I would be impressed do if you not did that. Endorse that, or yeah. nor are we impressed with it. I would be. Nor are we uh, promoting that <laughs> oh. you do such a thing. Okay, whatever Holman says. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right, moving right along uh, yes, here. You got more news over there? I do. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, how do you want it? Do you want it fast? Do you want it slow? Do you want it new? Oh Do you want it old? Oh, God. That's what she said. Uh, how about the 2021 Ram Rebel TRX? VIN plate. Am I not allowed to say that phrase? Got released. The phrase about uh, the whole Raptor killer? No, no you can say that. Okay. Raptor it, it killer. will be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now this is the uh, Hellcat, Hellcat powered, powered truck. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So anyway, they uh, somebody snuck out. So if you're familiar with the Wrangler JL, when you pop the uh, the rear hatch, the rear tailgate, there's a really nice aluminum VIN plate and kind of a specifications plate that's riveted to oh, the back door. It's just I've a nice. Seen that. The design team did something cool. Okay. Uh, the Rebel TRX looks like it's getting a similar thing. Oh snap! Look at that. You know what that reminds me of. So my friend Donnie over at FMF, they make the uh, exhaust, uh, racing exhaust for uh, motorcycles, mm-hmm. you know, dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. They make really cool plates. So that's like a stamped and embossed aluminum plate, right? Yeah. Uh, that's 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 nice. That's a nice TRX piece. Pretty That'll cool. go where on the? I, I don't know the where. They're oh, saying VIN plate, center. but I wonder if it won't be like on the uh, either the center, center console like uh, lid or. Inside the door jam, it's too decorative. I would think to be in the door jam. Hmm. I think it will probably be somewhere visible as part of the design in the truck. Okay, would be my guess. I have no idea. Uh, speaking of Ram news, the uh, Ram fifteen hundred Laramie Southwest Edition. Ooh, is it going to be like sand colored? Is it going uh, to yeah, be uh, the interior? Okay, uh, you know it's just a special edition. Will it be Mesoamerican <laughs> body colored bumpers, mirrors, and grill surround. Chrome highlights, polished 20 inch wheels, power sidestep, you connect uh, 4C with a 12 inch touchscreen, which we love, uh-huh. dual pane panoramic sunroof, and uh, electronic brake control. Will the seats be that uh, kind of like um, jagged uh, pattern with like mauve and pinks no. and sunset colors? It will not be. No? Nope. Uh-uh. Unfortunately, you'll have to wait till uh, your model comes out. Will the center console be made out of pottery? It might be actually. I I think the uh, I think the, uh, the cup holders will be uh, little uh-huh. little urns. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about a Suzuki Jimny pickup uh, from New Zealand what that did has you, wait, a start, flat what, Wait, wait. Start again. What? What? A what? Suzuki a Suzuki Jimny. Okay. It's uh, basically the modern version of the Suzuki Sidekick. They still make them overseas. How do we get one here? They're they're a gray market. You can't. 
I mean, I'm sure somebody can. I've seen a few here for off-road use only and stuff. Uh, Falcon has one that they built up. Wow. That was at uh, Off-Road Expo last that year. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. Here's one with a pickup bed on the back. That's cool looking. Isn't that rad? It's a tray bed. Wow. And uh, Scott Brady from- That is very square. What would you- That's like a miniature Defender. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, they're way way smaller. No, than that. that's why I said miniature. If you go to uh, Overland Journal, uh, mm-hmm. Scott Brady uh, was recently driving one in, I think, Africa, like wheeling one on an Overland trip on that tiny thing. So uh, that might be kind of a cool read for some people. Anyway, look up Suzuki Jimny. They're cute as like a bulldog puppy. Spell that for me, awesome. please. J I M N Y Jimny. Jimny. Yeah. They're they're badass. I okay. wish they sold them here. They would sell like crazy if uh, if you could have one of those. Hmm. What would they go for? Oh, they'd be cheap, like thirty. Oh, way cheaper than that. Oh, really? Yeah, probably like twenty-two or something like that. Oh, hot damn! I'd buy two. Oh yeah, you you could fit two <laughs> in your garage. <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> yes, you could. They're uh, that really? small. Yeah, that small. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, dude, I can't even get a golf cart in my garage. Well, that's because you have a bunch of junk in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. Did you hear about uh, Bollinger? Our friends over You're at the- You're supposed to say, did you hear? Did, did you, hear? you hear? Did you hear? No, I didn't. Uh, Bollinger is now making their truck chassis platform available separately so that you can sell it to a fleet customer to put their own body on top of it. Who does that sound like? Uh, we just talked to Atlas. Atlas and Motors. they were going to do that. And Amazon is doing that with the Rivian chassis. Mm. So kind of interesting. A lot of people are starting to, uh, hey, here's our cottage industry vehicle we're building. But if you just want the platform, we'll put something else on top of it. So I can put my 66, just drop right right on that uh, oh, skateboard platform? Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know if I would do that, though. I mean, interesting is right. I mean, should I do, do I go electric? Do I go diesel? What do I do? I think electric is not you. Yeah, it's not me. Uh, what you see in this photo, though, is a uh, heavy-duty Class 3 chassis, so a weight rating greater of 10,001 pounds. And it's similar to the same chassis that is underneath the Bollinger B1 and B2. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they get some traction there. I wonder how Bollinger is going to sell. Because if you've got Rivian, they're they're the giants. And Atlas has that cool uh, battery technology. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Then you got the Cybertruck. And then you, oh, and then you got uh, Nicola. 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 (laughs) Not Ricola commercial. That would be funny if Nicola had that. uh, a, a parody commercial where they've got that big horn. <laughs> so when you uh, get in your Nikola big rig and you uh, pull the air horn, that's what comes out. Yes, like a like a candy commercial. <laughs> oh, wait, and, is Ricola? Are those candies? They are, right? No, they're like kaffa, like throat soothers. Oh, that's right, lozenges. Did you hear? Nope, I didn't. Uh, how about an all-electric Ford Bronco Rustamod from Zero Labs? Mm, who? Zero Labs. I mean, I heard what you said, but uh, it's another one? Uh, yeah. They're, uh, well, there's a rendering of it. I don't know if it exists in the real world yet, but okay. it's a early Bronco, which uh, everybody in the world is uh, trying to do something with uh, sure. around all the Bronco news. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, wait. Let no me guess. Bronco news. Oh, yeah. No no, no Bronco news. Uh, let me guess. I bet they want, uh, it's called 140 grand for it. Uh, well, they have one that they... Uh, Automobile magazine wrote about last year, which is like a the high end one. Mm-hmm. It's like one hundred eighty five thousand. <gasps> nope. So this version, which is, seems to be the more affordable one, has uh, either steel or carbon fiber body. It has a skateboard style chassis. Go figure. Mm-hmm. 
But you take away those uh, solid axles, which is kind of cool. That's what makes Bronco cool. I don't know. Anyway, it's got independent front rear suspension, allows for an optional uh, dual motor setup, and the company claims it can deliver more than 600 horsepower. Okay. So I guess like a uh, early Bronco that drives like a tall electric vehicle car, I guess. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I just feel like it bastardizes it, to be honest with you. 190 miles of range. That's not great range either. No. Can you move on to the next story now? Uh, by the way, carbon fiber body? Yeah, whatever. You want to know the price on that one? Uh, oh, the car, oh, 300 Yeah, 240 Oh, God. I forgot this. Dude, that's a lot of cheddar. I think every, um, every What's New in Truck segment, we're going to be talking about another electric vehicle. No, that's definitely the way things are going. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm interested, but I'm not going to lie, it kind of hurts my heart a little bit. Yeah. I mean... That's the coronavirus acting up. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Quick, get me somewhere. You should have that checked. Uh, all right. One last story uh, that we found this week that I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you see the uh, Craigslist that offered a 1994 Ford E350 from a past president's motorcade? No, I did not see that. So this, I think, would be the ultimate overlanding rig. Um it's a mobile command center. It's, Tell me it's got bulletproof glass. So I don't know if it still does or not. I would imagine it did when it was in service. Um, it's a E350 uh, extended wheelbase. It's got a 7.3 liter uh, power stroke in it. And it's basically the vehicle that followed the presidential motorcade that did all the communications. So oh, okay. it has all the satellite uplinks and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was on Craigslist. What kind of armor does it have? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going off of the uh, the Craigslist ad. Oh, I was wrong. It's actually a 460. It's not a uh, it's not a diesel. It's gas. Okay. But it only has 20,000 miles on it. Dang. That yeah. didn't get much use. Yeah, the code name was uh, Roadrunner, and it was created by Wolf Coach of Auburn, Massachusetts. Cost over $100,000 new, and uh, was obviously used by the U.S. Secret Service. And this was part of uh, Bill Clinton's motorcade. Huh. I'd love to know what kind of armor, because if it's got a lot of armor, it'd be hard to modify it. I would, I would. What guess. if it has no armor? Then I don't know. I don't know if it's that significant. Part of his motorcade, it's if it was his limo that that Bill Clinton was in, that would be more significant. But I don't. Yeah. What's the price? It's actually a reasonable thirty-one thousand dollars. Okay. All right. I'm kind of, sort of interested sorta at that in. point, yeah. Uh, it's got a ton of auxiliary batteries and uh, control units. The interior is uh, is not cargo van chic. It actually has, like, uh, interior with uh, carpeting and seating. Hmm. Uh, a lot of the top secret stuff has been yanked out of it, but anyway, it's, uh, it's on Craigslist right now. Do they now. have a dot matrix uh, fax machine in there? Uh, I, they probably did. <laughs> it's all ripped out now. But there are some... Uh, <laughs> There are some control panels. <laughs> Remember those vacuum oh, machines? Oh, dude, yeah, for when sure. When you're standing over it waiting for like an hour, just like, dude, please print. All right, so for your $31,000, this is why I think it would be a great overland machine, right? Low miles, minimal wear and tear, was part of a presidential setup, so you mm-hmm. know the maintenance was good on it, has power locks, power windows, new tires, captain's chairs, carpeted panels on the interior, vented compartment for a camping toilet, actually used to house a secondary AC unit, New custom-molded carpet ready to install in the front driver's and passenger area, and a tow hitch. It has no cancer or rust. Here's the special extras. 
generator under the hood. Wow. A bank of four power storage batteries in an outside compartment behind the driver's door. But how would you put a... Where's There's no Hold room on. in an E450 Hold on. for that. 350? Yeah, 450. Okay. Additional 7,000 kilowatt generator in a sealed compartment in the back. Industrial plugs for power in and out of the vehicle. Numerous power inverters and distributors. But it is only a drum brakes uh, set up in the back. Does have a heavy duty uh, sway bar. Unique diamond plate running boards for the Secret Service to ride on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, save for a few lights and sirens, it's uh, pretty mm. much looks like it did when it was in the motorcade. Thirty grand, huh? Yeah, huh? I don't know. I don't have thirty grand, so I wouldn't consider it. But yeah. but I mean, we were just at Four Wheeler Adventure Expo, and those buildups are one hundred and fifty. Would you rather, if 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 all things being equal, yeah. would you take a new Mercedes Sprinter with this? I like this. Really? Well, I love the is history this, of it. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, is this four wheel drive? It is four wheel drive. <gasps> All right. It has and a and it, it is. does have a front axle. You on got it. a you got a photo of it over there? Yeah. Flip that sucker my way. See? It's not a bad looking Ford. No, it's black. Yep. Extended length. Check that's what it looked like in its glory days. Look at that. Had the uh the chrome tint on it so it would it mirrored so you couldn't see into it. The rear window, where a rear window would be on the cargo van, is like a access door. You saw the antennas, the satellite dome. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, it's kind of cool, right? It's cool that Quigley made that. I, I wonder if they did. I don't know who made the 4 by 4 conversion. Read the top. Oh, you're right. Quigley. Quigley. <laughs> hey, we, are, are, we should call Tiger and find out about this bad boy. Uh, anyway, go buy yourself an overlanding rig on uh, Craigslist. It's in the uh, Estes Park area of Colorado currently. So uh, if you happen to be in the uh, Fort Collins area of uh, Colorado, Yep. Look at uh, Craigslist, and you can see pictures of it. It looks pretty awesome. I think with all the electronics, uh, you'd have to have a wiring genius to come through and set it up, but all the, the generator, this four-wheel drive, the power, I think it would be cool overlander. Yeah, could be fun. All right, well, uh, I just got an email from HR that says we need to leave the building. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> oh, man, we're getting ejected. Well, hopefully we'll get some kind of variance to allow us to come back and uh, do the next episode. I think so. Either way, Truck Show Podcast is here for you guys. We know you're uh, staying at home with your kids and you're looking for stuff to do. And uh, just listen to the show. Yeah, you know, you might want to take this opportunity to uh, binge listen. Start at number one and go all the way to 114. What are we at, 115? Uh, 114. 114. Hey. 114. The time is now. The time is now. Maybe that might be uh, might be a little too much Truck Show Podcast for the average person. <laughs> Our listeners aren't average. <laughs> no, they're not. No, nor are we. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And don't forget to keep up with us on the old socials, at Truck Show Podcast, everywhere but Twitter. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and leave us a message on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. It's been a minute since we've checked it, uh, but... We encourage you, you listen, you're sitting around the house. Yeah, you got nothing better to do. nothing going on. Talk to us. Yeah. Five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Leave us a message, and hopefully we'll play back on the next episode. You got a question, a comment, whatever. You want to make fun of us? Please do so. 657-205-6105. And we got to thank uh, our friends at Nissan, without whom we wouldn't be doing this show right now. Best warranty in the business on the new Nissan Titan or Titan XT. Five-year, 100,000-mile. Head over to your dealer. Check out NissanUSA.com. The 2020s are on a lot, dude. That's all I'm saying. You know what else I'm saying? <laughs> no, I just ran out of steam right there. <laughs> deck <laughs> systems deck. for all. Oh, good. Yeah, deck. Uh, that's where you can put all your supplies. 
Just you're talking about the nope, uh, nope. Just all your supplies. I'm just saying, if you need a place to lock them and keep them secure, and in case you need to get out of town for a little mm-hmm. bit, I I have deck uh, drawer would be great. I need to put my virus detection kits in 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 the drawers. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you said? I I just meant MREs and oh really? water, yeah, food, cash. Do you know my buddy Sean? Ammo. Uh, you know Sean? Oh, the one that I had to buy black market uh, toilet paper from. Uh-huh. Oh, we forgot to. Tell we that didn't story. even tell a story. Oh my god! You guys, you guys are never <laughs> gonna a, believe this. This hold is a on, true story. On. Wait, wait. I want to get to the story in All one right. second here. Right. So first, I got to thank Innova. Yeah, I N N O V A. I N N O V A. It's Innova.com. So here's what they do. Here's what Innova makes. They make uh, devices that check OBD diagnostics. So you plug it in, it tells you why you have the check engine light and what to do about it. I-N-N-O-V-A in Nova.com. All right, on to the uh, final story of the uh, episode. Let me tell I can't believe that we didn't even think about I don't know. I don't know. Let let me tell the story. This is a true story, by the way. So my buddy Sean works at the Port of Long Beach, and one of his buddies calls up him and says, hey, uh, I'm making a rundown here because he supplies like paper products to all the, the port and whatnot and says, uh, I'm making a rundown here drop it off some toilet paper. Uh, you should buy some. And he goes, what? Buy toilet paper? Mind you, this is a week and a half ago. Yeah, this is And he goes, everyone, he says, everyone's going to run out. I'm seeing the orders trickle into my office. Yeah. You need to buy as much as you can. And he goes, what do you, okay, what should, he, he just goes, he takes the guy's word. He goes, how much should I buy? And he goes, I'm going to drop off 1,600 rolls. Yeah, I think it's 40 cases or something like that. So that's what he does. My buddy, he's like blindly, he buys six, 1,565, wait, 1,556 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, some, some weird number. Ridiculous yeah. number, right? And so he's got all this. And then he buys cases and cases of hand sanitizer. Uh Uh-huh. And so now he's got an entire van full of this stuff. Holman, who runs out of toilet paper. Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. So here's what happens is I always buy my toilet paper in bulk from Costco. Great, great deal. Always have it. No big deal. And my wife, for some reason, the last week she's gone to Costco like two or three times. She goes, yeah, there's still no toilet paper. No problem. We'll run to the grocery store. Oh, there's that's weird. There's no toilet paper. And so this is before people realize what's actually happening in here in Southern California. Literally right now at the grocery store, you cannot buy toilet paper. Uh, you cannot buy paper towels. It's hard to find milk, eggs, butter, and all the fresh produce is, is gone by noon. It's crazy. And so all of a sudden I'm like, hey, babe, uh, how much toilet paper do we have left? She goes, I don't know. Check the cabinet. So I opened it up. And lo and behold, there's a sole, single, sad roll. And he's telling the truth because he Instagrammed the photo. I posted on Instagram, <laughs> at Sean P. Holman. And I, I basically looked at that little guy and I said, you are going to die a hero. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I posted your friend Sean. My wait, wait, wait. Boy. Before you do that, okay. did you go down to where you're only using two squares per, nah, uh, per time? Nah, no, because I was ready to go uh, redneck bidet <laughs> and just squat over a uh, sprinkler in the backyard. Gotcha. Because listen, the water supply is not going to be turned off, so you know I'm not super worried about that. I can hose off my butt, no big deal. Okay. Uh, so I post on Instagram, and Sean hits me up on DM and says, I've got 40 cases. Do you need one? And I said, yeah, I can't find it anywhere. He goes, I'll be at home in 30 minutes. Give me a call. So I go down to Sean Moore's house. And he has a stockpile of toilet paper. So I handed him a 20, and I handed him a 5. And he goes, no, no, it only cost me 20. I'm like, no, no, you're in business. It's cool. You did me a favor. <laughs> so Take he's the a 5. <laughs> so I gave, him, I gave him a 5. Gave him okay. a little, you know, that's a, that's a good profit, right? Yeah. And uh, while I'm there, I get a phone call from Lightning. Mm-hmm. And I was stunned. 
So I call Sean for something else, <laughs> and I have two Seans now. <laughs> yeah, right. He hands the phone to this Holman right here, and I'm like, what are you doing at his house? And he's like, buying toilet paper. I go, you're not seriously buying <laughs> yeah. toilet paper. He goes, yeah, I needed it. So since you've come over, yeah. Sean's taking care of like all the elderly on his block, and he's he's like Santa Claus. Ah, good for and him. Now toilet paper and Purell. It's <laughs> ridiculous. He didn't even offer me Purell. I must not have been in that VIP group. I don't know if he had it at that time. Oh, okay. I think he's uh, since come into a uh, a wealth of, <laughs> a wealth of Purell. <laughs> Purell. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, despite what's going on right now, my family has toilet paper. Yeah. All because of the internet. So the, you know what? So the internet's a double-edged, double-edged sword right now. So after you, one of these, uh, one of the DJs that I know from K Rock, uh, I won't name which one, but uh, she called me like in tears. She was in Ralph's, which is our local one of our. Yeah. Uh, she's up in Hollywood. So Kroger for those of you in other parts of the country. Yeah, and she's almost in tears over a few things, but that added yep. to it. She's got a little girl. She's taking care of the whole thing, and she's like, "I can't, I can't find toilet paper anywhere," and I'm like. Well, that's I funny gotcha. that you should ask. I got. I go. I got. Bring up a case. She's like, whatever it costs. I just. This is so embarrassing. I can't find it. And I da 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 da. She was stressed out. And then you said, "Are you okay with one ply?" <laughs> and I said, "I know it's one ply. It was a big industrial roll." Yeah. Right? Like, hey, man, I'm not going to be picky. Whatever. Yeah. It works the same. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a little sandpapery. Yeah. Well, it is. That's a that's a dab more than a wipe, but exactly. it gets you through the day. Yeah. No, it works. It works. <laughs> and so uh, I'm like, hey, well, I'm hey, not, I'll I, tell you one thing. It's I'm easier like, on the sewer than that three ply stuff. It might be. Yeah, that's true. And I'm like, hey, listen. It's going to take you half an hour to get here. There's no traffic, but you're going to have to come get it. I can't come up to Hollywood. And she's like, no, I'm there. So she's coming tomorrow to pick up, <laughs> she's picking up a, a case. Hey, man, I've, uh, I'm good. I'm, I now have uh, toilet paper, and I'm wiping with reckless abandon. <laughs> <laughs>